it's so cold outside, isn't it? I mean, just this past week, it was what, like negative eight? And then now it's warmed up to regular eight. <laughs> uh, Justin, I, I know it's that time of year where, where we're going to um, talk about the best games that came out this this uh, it, over the past 12 months, right? Uh, and I know we are going to get to that, but because it's so cold, actually, um, uh, th- this choir broke down. Oh, uh, they're, they're like tour bus or whatever the hell broke down just outside my apartment. So I let them in it like and they wanted to sing something for you. Is that is that OK? Yeah. How, how big was this choir? Uh, like a hundred people. <laughs> OK, that was way too many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're just all going to fit in, in, in my office real quick and they're, they're just going to sing us something. If that's Great. cool. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at that. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Game of the year, 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 game Mary, Mary, hitbox game of the year, game of the What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox, episode number 124, the very special 2022 Game of the Year uh, show. My name is Peter Hunspitzek. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. What's going on, man? Like, I don't want to diminish any of the other songs that you've done, but, like, yeah. dude, that the, the, the <laughs> choir that sang that really stepped up the game for 2022. I, they, they, you know, like, they just felt so bad for intruding you know what i mean at 9 a.m right before i was like i'm about to record podcasts but yeah guy, like come on in go on in, go on in you know what i mean if um, you had 100 people come to your house would you be mm-hmm. able to feed them feed them yeah uh, justin i would love to direct you to a little bi- a book called the bible um with fishing and i don't remember bread <laughs> he is he put the net on the other side of the boat and then you'll feed it doesn't matter. Uh, no. Like, do I have enough food in my house for 100 people right now? No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool, uh, cool, I, well, cool. I, guess, I guess it depends on, like, what you mean by, like, enough food. Like, could you feed them? Like, would they be able to, like, not have to eat until noon? No. <laughs> uh, no. I, um... Everyone gets a cracker and a nut. <laughs> well, we actually have a lot of pistachios here. Josh okay. gets them for free for work. Uh, or maybe he takes them, like, and seals them. But... We have a lot. <laughs> don't if you're if you work for insert company here, don't check the pistachio. He works actually for Bag and Nut. Bag and Nut, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wow, throwback to episode like five. I know. <laughs> Those are uh, for the true sh- fans. The true fans. For the true hitbox heads. We need a name for hip hitboxians. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it, it, We'll work on it. We'll the hitboxers. Hitboxer, yes. Um, Call them the refs. The refs. The... 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 Uh, 
if we learn one thing, it's probably dangerous for us to brainstorm names of a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> while yeah, we're recording. Because yeah. what I like is that, like, when you spitball something, like all things go, but like there is a there is a point where things should not go. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know you went a place that it shouldn't yes, go. Yes. Sometimes you look up something that you've said and you go, "Oh no." Yep. Yep. Um. Well, hey, uh, this is. Uh, you know, one of those special episodes. You know what it's about. You saw the title of this. You heard the choir singing. They were so kind to sing this song for us. Uh, it is the 2022 Game of the Year show. Uh, there's, like, no news from this week because it's the end of the year. Uh, and there's the holidays. The one thing, though, that I want to get your uh, opinion on, Justin, is uh, do you see that Sony was, like, the DualSense Edge, their, their like, pro controller, is going to have, um, like, significantly shorter battery life than the, uh, the DualSense? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and it seems concerning to me, but because uh, I I don't necessarily think that that battery life is um good. No, <laughs> no, it's like ninety minutes when you're playing something that like like a Returnal or like Ratchet and Clank or something like that. Like, yeah, it's like ninety minutes. Yeah, so not not a great starting point, but um, I'm I'm glad they're trying for it. I just like I don't necessarily see the the use case for one of those pro controllers because I feel like when I use the dual sense it's already like its own special controller yeah cuz it's like a little bit different already yeah yeah I don't know maybe having the back paddles is a big deal for people who like play competitive stuff but even then I feel like competitive people are like playing on PC right yeah like if you um, really want to be competitive you'd play on PC but yeah yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, it makes me laugh, though. They're like significantly shorter. So like, what, eight minutes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get one HD rumble and that's it. Exactly right. Like um, th- those triggers will work one time and then yep. just sort of After give that, out from you're there. just locked out of playing the game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there you go. That's the news. Oh, sorry. Um, that's the news, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, what's up? There's, I mean, there's one more th- thing of news. Would you rather be, would you rather be spicy, sweet, or sour? Oh, you know that's interesting, Justin. Uh, I have things to say about all of these. Sour. Yesterday, I tried a Warhead soda. You know, Warhead's the candy. Yeah, yeah, the one it, that like when you put the your your it on your tongue, it just starts bleeding. Yeah, and just like burns a hole through your mouth, and then it yeah. drops out from the bottom of your chin. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a soda one, a soda version of that. It was pretty sour. Not terrible, did, though. How are your intestines? Are they also just like... <laughs> it's tough to say. I've been, I've been having a lot of eggnog. I um, made my own eggnog, uh, as I tend to do, and then I have two other types in the fridge right now. So my intestines are doing pretty bad, <laughs> Like <laughs> just sort of as a general rule here. Um, but I guess that does lead us to sweet, though, right? Like, yeah, it does. It does. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then spicy. I would go like spicy because I do like spicy foods. But my problem is like I get the hiccups from them, and mm. that like really really puts me down. But I think I could eat more spicy food than I could eat sour food or sweet food. Yeah, I mean sour. Like uh, to me, I think the only answer is spicy because like sweet, there's too much you can have. Sour, yep. it like makes literally my tongue is bleeding thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, spicy, it makes I'm I'm hurting in a different way. But like in the moment, like I feel like I could eat a lot of spicy food. It's, I, like a nice spice oh, yeah. is very good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like a flavorful spice. That's what but I'm it, about. But an overwhelming one, like one that feels like someone just punched your tongue. I, I can do less of, obviously, but yeah. um, I think I'd take that over something that's just sour to be sour. Um, and something that's way too sweet is, is just it's a little too much for me. 
Yeah. Speaking of eggnog and sweet, though, I yeah. made an eggnog pudding. Ooh, what was that like? Uh, let me tell you uh, all the ways of me messing it up. Like, if you could think of a way to mess up eggnog pudding, I was doing it, and it ended up turning out pretty good. I find that, like, with with something like that, you just get sugar in there, you get the milk in there, butter or whatever the hell. Like, it's not, that's not. Yeah, you, you, it, the, you can't really mess it up, except I was supposed to use instant pudding, and mm. I used cook and stir, cook and serve pudding. Are those different? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, so the cook, the cook one you have to put on the stove. So I'm sitting there not realizing there was a difference, just stirring the sure. pudding for maybe 15 minutes. And I'm like, sure. I think it's supposed to get thick at some point. It didn't. But then I just put it on the stove and saved the day. Yeah. Was it good now? Yeah, it was I right. it was it was delightful. You can put some rum in it if you want, or you can you don't need you don't need the rum in it. It has oh. everything you need. I'm so happy to hear that. By the way, I think I don't know if you mentioned this. The reason you asked he asked sweet, spicy, or sour. <laughs> Uh, it's because of the Splatfest. <laughs> the most recent Splatfest is that. I swear it's video game related. <laughs> Speaking of video games, though, do you want to get into it? Like, I, I feel like we. I don't want to dilly dally too much about our, our our favorite games of this year. Yeah, let's 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 talk about our favorite our game of the year for twenty twenty two. Uh, so not not to uh, not to yank y'all around too much, but I think how this episode is going to go uh, is Justin and I are going to talk about our two. Uh, about our individual lists uh, for for game of the year 2022. And then next week, um, you'll have another episode, but us deciding uh, Hitboxes 2022, Goaty. Um, so just that, that's how this is all going to be broken up. I don't want you to get to the end of this episode angry, not knowing how this go, how this You're went. just going to be angry knowing what our game of the year is. Yeah, <laughs> <Our> exactly. <individual. laughs> exactly. Um yeah, so so that's that's what we're gonna be doing, Justin. You want to get into it? You want to start with number ten, with your number ten? Yeah, let let. Well, do we want to do honorable mentions before we we begin, or do we want to just go to the top ten then afterwards? Go with honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, let's do honorable mentions right now, just so you can you're not waiting on bated breath for something yeah, that's gonna it, pop it, up. Like wait, you don't want to like you like be like, well, is is he gonna like Elden Ring? Is that gonna be on his list? Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I, I I really had a uh, a rough time with my list about I think it was eight through thirteen was mm-hmm. all of the games from eight through thirteen were like kind of like in the level here, um, but there's w- like one particular game slash two i'm gonna kind of combine them together and you'll see why um so my with a bullet number 11 um is trek to yomi oh i'm surprised that didn't make it higher and i had trouble between thinking about trek to yomi and my number 12 game sifu both of those Mm. games were locked together for me um for very different reasons i think both of those games have great art style yeah. Um, I think both of those games, I thought the combat was fun in both of those games. Um, I thought that for my personal list, because again, these are my personal lists, my personal opinions. My opinions are only wrong when I am wrong with them. So these are my opinions. How profound was that? Thank you. They're only wrong <laughs> when I'm wrong <laughs> with them. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Hey, did you watch the movie The Glass Onion? Not yet, no. I've heard it's great, though. There's a line that Daniel Craig says in it that's, like, an iconic line. Like, uh, it's 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 a problem when you, um, like, confuse speaking whatever's on your mind with speaking the truth. 
Mm. Just because you say things doesn't mean you're speaking the truth. So mm. confusing those that's two true. things. I, I messed up that line, but I was like sitting there be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, just because you talk a lot doesn't mean you're right, says the podcaster. Yeah. Anyway, um, so like the reason <laughs> I put Trektiomi as 11 and Sifu as 13, I would say that Sifu is probably categorically the better game um, between the two. Uh, I think it's more unique. I think the the combat itself is more unique, but I think Trek to Yomi was more of a Justin game sure. uh, with the specific like challenges in it because Trek to Yomi is a game that is very linear and there's like yeah. combat encounters that are difficult that are, I thought some of them are hard that once you get through, you're done with it. Sifu is that game about perfecting the run and making mm-hmm. sure you have the perfect run and keep going back and like grinding and like getting better every time you do it. Um, and for me as a gamer, I prefer just having that linear path that, yeah, this is hard right now. And I like right. that it's hard right now, but once I'm done with it, I'm done with it. So again, I'm going to say that Trek Yomi Sifu are pretty similar with my brain with where they are in game of the year. Um, mm-hmm. but my personal pick is that Trek Yomi was a little bit better. So those are my two big honorable mentions that I, I, I like, and there's a couple other games too, but those are the sure. main two that I was really struggling not putting on my list. You want to just rattle off the rest of that that honorable mention list for you? <clears throat> um, honorable mention list, uh, I put Pokemon Legends Arceus, sure. uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Ooh, yeah, Splatoon okay. 3, um, uh, A Plague Tale Requiem, um, and Elden Ring. That makes sense. I'll be honest, Justin, I figured Elden Ring wouldn't be on here. Um, I, I thought it would. If you were to ask me, I really thought it would. Oh, interesting. Um, but it came down to like when I was looking at the list, just thinking about the games there, there's pop- potentially one that I could have replaced it with, and I'll, I'll explain it when we get there. Mm. Um, but I almost finished every game on this list except for one. And that, that's your that's your goal. You have to guess which of the games on the list I haven't beat. Okay. Once once we get to it. Okay. Um, and for, for me in Elden Ring, I thought about the game that I didn't beat, I would will go back to finish Elden Ring. I don't think I'm ever going to beat that game. And yeah, I think that's, that's OK. And yeah. I put 30 plus hours in it, as we found out at the end of the year. So it's not like I haven't attempted to put time into it. But I was going to say, like, like you've 30 hours like that is more than enough to generate an opinion and also be like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Or, like, but even like I like Dark Souls. I like the original Dark Souls. Yeah, and I, sure, I, sure. I got to Dragon Slayer Ornstein and Smaug or whatever their names are. Yeah. Um, and I'm I don't know if I'm ever going to beat them. And I yeah. just stopped. And now I'm to the point where if I ever go back, I'd have to restart again. Yeah, re- and I don't restart. feel it. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, and then real quick, how many games did you play this year? Um, I new played games, a total of this is like when I say playing a new game, um, this like these are games that I only first played in 2022. So it might have oh, okay. come out later. But the games that I played in, in 2022 were 32 games. Okay. Um and and of those 32 games, I had eight old games that I played for the first time this year. Um so that means if I do my math correctly, I played 26 games that came out in 2022. Yeah, okay, sure. Um so here are my honorable mentions here. This is in no particular order. Uh just shout outs if you will. I do have Trek to Yomi on here. Uh a, a, I think a stunning looking game. Uh, with combat that I thought was fine, but I thought the story was was interesting and well told, uh, especially with with how it, with its art style. Uh, and I think it gets forgotten about a lot. Um, I've also got Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Um, what an interesting game! Like, first of all, um, 
turns out I remember a lot of that first game, <laughs> like like pretty much beat <laughs> for beat. Uh, some of that stuff the narrator says. Um, but I, I thought that the way that it approaches the idea of being a sequel to something like the Stanley Parable, or just like the idea of making a sequel to anything, I thought was uh, quite interesting and and actually kind of profound, while also being like laugh out loud funny. You know what I mean? And I think that's like a good, uh, I remember us talking through the trophy list. I think that's just like, uh, like that trophy list just adds a layer to that game of like playing it in new and unique ways. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of added to the overall charm of that game. I haven't played the Ultra Deluxe, but I played the original and I loved it because anything my little brain thought I could do, you could do. Yes, yes. And I think it's very much a Justin video game. Yeah. Like the Stanley Parable. Uh, so if, if you can pick up this one uh, for cheap or, I mean, I don't know, it's probably it's only over 20 bucks or something like that. Like, I would I would really recommend taking a look at it. Um, there's a joke in there that I'm not going to spoil, but it has to do with a mechanic that gets introduced. Um, and it's uh, very silly. Uh, then I've also got uh, Return to Monkey Island. I liked this game, but... Um, it was, I, I think if I had a larger affinity for the Monkey Island series, I probably would have liked it more, um, especially given how many callbacks and how many like recurring characters and stuff there were. But um, I still liked it. I got uh, Team NT Shredder's Revenge. I thought that one was so much fun. I actually, I, so I, I played it once um, on my own and with Elena when it first came out. And then I played through the whole thing with my roommate. Um, and what a great way to capture like a classic like beat em up arcade game um, and really really modernizing the beat em up so it's mm-hmm. not so much of a quarter uh sucker kind of game because a lot of those games still have the trappings of like oh this is really hard you're gonna keep you know putting in your your credits or whatever yeah. um and it was just much more accessible way a modern way to take on that that genre in a good way i love those genres too uh agreed did you play this i did not play that one specifically um but uh like growing up Super Nintendo. Some of my favorite games were the were the side scrolling ones. Specifically, I have very fond memories of playing the Power Rangers beat 'em Ooh. up and the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie beat 'em up. Ooh. Uh, were two of my favorite that my sisters and I would always just like go through and like marathon through. It's pretty awesome. There was a um the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah. Was that oh. some pizza place nearby here? Chuck E. Cheese's Chuck E. Cheese's is, is it Chuck E. Cheese's or Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck uh, Cheese. Cheeses. Cheese. Freddy Fassbender. Not Freddy Fassbender. <laughs> Freddy Fassbender. You know, Brother later, of, Michael Fassbender. Michael you know. Fassbender. Uh, little. little. <laughs> um, I've also got on here Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I think that game uh, is, is a great modernization of the first Last of Us game, but I, I think that it just retreads things beat for beat exactly to make it like not really worth talking about as in terms of like being a 2022 video game. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. I do think what it does, it does really well. Um, and it, I immediately finished it and then booted up part two. So, um, can't be, a, can't be mad at that. Uh, and then also I've got on here escape Academy. I did an escape room the other night. Um, had a great time. And I think escape Academy is just a wonderful little, little like pinch of that, that, magic and fun mixed with jankiness and like i mean that in, like lovingly like my favorite part about escape rooms is that they're kind of shitty yeah you know what i mean like like i, I like that uh and escape academy like gets that right in terms of the way that it portrays its rooms and stuff like that uh like for example there was one um like combination lock where it was set exactly to what it needed to be it was just off by one because the, the people who set up the room were lazy 
<laughs> like, like that's funny you know what i mean like and that's like a little escape room joke that like <laughs> i could really get down with but uh what was the theme of the escape room you were just at Ooh, so it was called the shed Ooh. um and it was basically it was like a horror escape room where uh you are inside a serial killer's house uh after he got arrested and you're investigating um his like house and he basically said like you'll never be able to get into my shed and you get in there and there's like all the evidence and stuff Ooh. it's spooky yeah yeah did, did did was there did you have to hide at any point no so we did say like when we got in there i realized i was with my girlfriend and like uh i asked like right when the door closed like wait hold on a second are there like are we gonna see a person like <laughs> is there like an actor in here because i personally would not perform well that like i would in fight or flight i'm more of a fight kind of guy especially yeah. if i know i'm trapped like in an escape room um and uh, they were like no, no no don't worry don't worry um but no there was not an actor ready to scare us but if there were uh, i would have either passed away or gone to prison yeah because you killed him <laughs> yeah and like i wouldn't want to you know what i mean like it's just yeah it's protection no i get it, it. my, my body's sense. a weapon you know yeah. what i mean like yeah <laughs> and a wonderland according to john mayer um <laughs> So I, in total, I played 48 new releases in 2022. Damn. Um, Damn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many I did, like, including, like, older games and stuff like that. Um, that is a lot. Uh, and, and to be honest, I I know you said that you had trouble with, like, what, 8 to 13, you said? Um, yeah. But for me, I, I'm not saying that this was a weak year because I think there were a lot of things... Um, that came out this year and that that people really really liked i think this just might not have been a fantastic peter year if that makes sense um there were there were only a handful of games that like really set me on fire uh so so coming up with with my top 10 here was uh honestly pretty pretty quick pretty simple uh yeah with the exception I, I, of these i did the same thing i thought it would be a lot harder to get to my like overall top 10 but i feel like most of the pieces like kind of fell into place a little bit easier than i thought they would yeah. um but hey you know there you go so justin Hit me with your number 10. All right. My number 10 game. And this is the game that I think if I were to potentially have swapped out Elden mm, Ring, this okay. is where it would fit. But then I, I had to think about, well, I didn't beat Elden Ring. I didn't technically beat this game because this isn't a game you can beat. And it's a game that I haven't really played consistently since I first started playing it. Um, but the time I did play with it was significant. And it was multiverses. Um, oh, sure. I really enjoyed the initial like process of getting this game out. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, when it was in the was that the alpha that that I first got into it was like the yep. earlier play test. Um, so getting it starting the game and then being like, actually, this seems like a lot of fun. It doesn't just seem like a smash clone. It seems like there's smash elements to it, obviously. But the fighting style itself is much more quick. Uh, there are many more kind of like uh, evasive maneuvers that you can use the movement in the game like you could theoretically like you know juggle yourself up in the air for a significant amount of time um, and I felt like the overall like combo system in this game was much more obvious than it can be in Smash because I bet like most players of Smash don't understand that there are combos in Smash and I think like actually like doing a lot of the combos in Smash is a difficult thing to do at least for a casual player. Yeah. Um and I'm like a hardcore casual player for these kind of games not not at all hardcore. Um but like the fighting style itself was like really I think interesting. I think it was um uh I don't want to say as well balanced per se, but I feel like 
they are updating it enough that they keep making new characters viable and mm-hmm. it's not just the same characters that are constantly being used and I, and I I think it's a good game. I think they have some cool properties. I think if even some of these hinted characters are released, it really shows you that um the properties that that they have um in this game are wide and I think it is a really good fighting game and a really good use of a battle pass for a fighting game too. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think that makes sense. Have you really stuck with it at all? I don't know if you just said that. It was no, I, I played it a lot in the open uh, uh beta and then yeah. I played it like right before it came out a lot. Um kind of when we did the episode. Mm-hmm. And then what kind of there's two things that kind of stopped me from playing it. If this game was on the Switch, I'd play it a lot more. This would be a perfect yeah, like because no, I mean one hundred percent like Smash is like a game that is in my all right, I don't have anything I want to like get into right now. I got 20, 30 minutes before I go to bed. I'm just going to play this. Yeah. Um, so it not being on the Switch kind of hurt it. And then when they did that first balance of the characters, once oh, they yeah. had like version 1.0, um, it was just enough of a big change that it kind of like just took me out. Like, all right, I don't want to necessarily learn all these characters again right now. Um, just because like at that point of the year, more and more stuff started coming out. And then my backlog started getting bigger and bigger. Um, but I think overall, just like my time with it was really good. Um, I see it could be a potential like good addition to, um, my, you know, kind of like forever plays like with my Mario Karts of the world Mm -hmm, and my mm -hmm. smashes of the world. So, um, I think there's some cool things with it. So multiverses, you are in my top 10 at number 10. I love that. Uh, real quick. Also, we, we were talking about this before we started recording. How many games do you think are going to overlap between you and me? Not necessarily in terms of their place, but like in terms of um, being on our lists. Three. I'm uh, Let me count the ones that I think will be here. I say pretty uh, confidently. I'm going to say four. It, I'm going to say know, four based on what was not on your honorable mentions. I'm going to say four. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can see the four. Can I hit you with my number 10 game? Let's hear what your number 10 game is. My number 10 game is... Vampire Survivors. <laughs> Baby! Uh, by the way, I uh, realized I was like, I should use this uh, stream deck more. Uh, so look forward to more sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um... Vampire Survivors, wow, what a good little game this thing is. And it seems to have taken um, a lot of the world by storm here uh, this year. When I first picked it up, when I first picked it up for work, uh, I never heard of it. It was like in January of this year, or maybe it was February. So it was like just starting to like really, really pick up steam and and like become huge as to what it is today. Uh, I haven't jumped back into it recently. Uh, I, I saw that it had, I mean, so it's gone into its 1.0 release um, and it had this DLC that came out, this like paid DLC, um, which I haven't touched. They just kept adding more and more and more to it to the point where like I played enough of it when it came out to be like, I really like this, you know, like 10, 15 hours or so. Uh, but I was like, okay, but you know, that's sort of all there is to it. And then they would be like, okay, we're, you know, here's a new update two weeks later. Oh, that, that, that added significant things to this game. Let me hop back in. You know what I mean? And then I'd play that for another hour or two, see all the new stuff and then go, okay, I'm done with this. And every, like, it was like a, a, a cycle like that for every two weeks or so. Um, but I, I think it's just a really, really, really satisfying, um, 
loop and the games are, are pretty short you know like the longest they can be is 30 minutes um and or I, I guess you can go past that if you're really really good but um the, the longest i ever got to was like 30 minutes um what a delightful little game i don't know i guess there's not really a whole lot to say about this that i think hasn't already been said but um it is something that i had to uninstall on my computer because i was <laughs> not getting things done well yeah now it's on your phone it's on oh, game yeah. pass it's like everywhere you want it to be um yeah, being on my phone is actually really really dangerous I, what I is, have not dipped into that, but with this game, what is like, what are like the, what's, I guess, long-term goal for it? Like you said, you played it like 15 hours. Like, was there an end point? Like, what is the, um, it, I, I think it being on a phone, like, I don't mean this as a, di as the disc that I think a lot of people tend to use it as, but I think it feels like a mobile game in that you are just constantly unlocking stuff. Um, so you're unlocking new levels and new game modes and new characters and new weapons and you're like upgrading things until like they transform into new stuff. And like, um, that is what kept me going is going like, Ooh, I can't wait to unlock this character and then I'll be able to try out this, you know what I mean? And then, Oh, yeah. well maybe let me try this. And then that sort of stuff. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, getting the perfect build kind of thing and like using your, yeah, and there is just something to be said about just walking around and just obliterating everything. And I heard it, <laughs> yeah, I've heard yeah. it like referred to as like an anti-bullet hell game uh, because you are the bullet hell. You know, like you are yeah. the thing that's like just shooting projectiles everywhere. Um, and and I, I think that that's like 100% true, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's just super satisfying to go from, you know, starting the game throwing a singular knife or, or two knives, I guess, with that character um, or or you know, shooting a single fireball or a single little, uh, uh, skeleton bone to just completely covering the screen and your projectiles. And then also there are so many enemies that you can't see where you're going anymore. Um, like the escalation is just, is really, really satisfying. I think. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of it to me is like a, like one of those like passive clicker games that I kind of yeah, get obsessed yeah. with, you know, like, you know, your stats keep going up, you get more and more, but like this one, you have an active role in like, surviving <laughs> as you're going through it as you're like picking stuff and like evading enemies and like you know picking the right lines and everything but i think that's that's like the magic of it too right yeah. like you are literally when you, when the game is actually when you're like actually like in a game you are literally only walking around and then picking things up yep you know but like that you know just walking to items and picking them up and then choosing between them whenever you open the chests but it is it is just like one of those games that really i think knows how to hack your brain yeah they're going like, okay okay one more because i think also like that 30 minute match time is so perfect because you do you just do it and it leaves you wanting more so you play another round and like i don't know if like a 45 minute match let's say would have that same effect because at that point it's get, starting to go a little long you know what I mean? And then yeah. you might be able to say like, okay, well, that was a good one. I'm ready to walk away. Whereas with 30 minutes, it's like, oh, I got to do that again. You know, good game. Man, video games are like drugs, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, just one oh, more, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, same thing. Uh, what's your number nine, man? All right, my number nine game uh, might be a surprising one uh, for you, uh, considering I just played it, um, and it would be High on Life. No kidding. Did you finish I it? enjoyed the heck out of this game yeah i beat it i finished it um i i think so 
top level, this game is, I guess, a controversial game. Reviewers don't like it. I mean, it lost me points on fan- an open critic on my fantasy team, you stupid critics. Um, <laughs> but, like, the gamers seem to be liking it more than the critics in terms mm-hmm. of, like, its review score. Um, and a lot of the reviews, we talked about it being, like, a, a humor thing. Like, I don't like the humor. It's very chatty, like, that kind of stuff. And that, I think that there are valid cr- uh, complaints with it. I didn't personally go in this game, like expecting to like laugh constantly yeah. like i didn't i didn't like i was i didn't want to like go in and be like all right like I didn't, not that i didn't want to i wasn't expecting I, I know justin roiland i know his type of humor um it's amusing but it's not like a, a type of thing to me that is like the biggest laugh out loud justin makovich type of humor but there was some stuff in there that is just clever is just fun is mm-hmm. just very interesting um, and the game constantly changes uh, the the way you go about uh, beating these bosses throughout the whole thing. It is exceedingly clever with its gameplay mechanics. Um, there, you know, you, you it starts off like a standard shooter. You got your one gun, you can upgrade it a little bit, but then you start getting more and more weapons that have different unique traversal options. The story itself was just interesting enough to like keep you wanting to like explore the yeah. world a little bit and find out what is going to happen next. Um, the weirdness of the game is I, it's hard to put my finger on a game that was quite as weird as this. Um, they, they, your home, your home is your base, basically that flies through dimensions, and yeah. you have this like bounty, like former bounty hunter guy who's like sitting on your couch the whole time watching TV, and they legitimately just have like the weirdest effing movies <laughs> yes. playing on the yeah. TV, like the full movie that you just sit there and watch the full movie if you want. Um, one of the movies was Tammy and the T Rex, um, yeah. which is a real movie about Denise Richards uh, and uh, Paul Walker. Did you, did you watch any of this? Nope. Okay. So I, the movie, I saw the poster on the wall because it's, yeah. it's on the wall next to Gene, but no, I didn't watch it. So I didn't watch the whole thing, but I like kind of got the uh, the gist of it and then like started like like <laughs> looking at that. Is this a real movie? So yeah. Denise Richards and uh, Paul Walker, RIP, um, are high, in high school and they're in a relationship. And then Paul Walker, I believe, is murdered. Um, uh, and there's like a mad scientist that takes his consciousness and puts it in a robot T-Rex. And then Denise Richards and the robot T-Rex fall in love. It's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's the movie. Um, it's a real movie. It's really out there. Uh, there's another one. Do you know who Tiny Tim is? Yeah. Tiptoe yeah. through the tulips. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Um, he plays, uh, like, a clown who's, like, singing, um, like, kind of, like, creepy versions of songs in a clown outfit. And he's just kind of, like, going around this hot, like, he, like, lives in this neighborhood. He's, like, pretty known in the neighborhood. And it's basically about this girl who is, like home alone and someone like comes in the house and like oh starts to like try to attack her and you got to find out who that person is is it tiny tim and there's like all this like murder happening some guys like getting like like lead of his blood or whatever like it's just weird it's all this weird stuff is happening so you're just trying to play this game and then this stuff is in the background and you just hear tiny tim singing it's like nuts jeez um but like there's just so many like clever things with the game too uh that are just really fun um there is like these uh basically these floppy disks that you can get that you you can basically like warp in different areas did you play yeah. around with these floppy disks not really so there's there's one that you get that warps in this like tiny town 
And this guy in a balloon comes over. He's like, hey, welcome to my towny town. He's like a really small thing, but he's like close to your screen. He's like following you around. And then you go to his town and like you're basically like Godzilla. And then you just start walking through his town and destroying it. And he's like screaming. He's like, my friends, my family. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that to me? And if you destroy his whole town, he basically like just like stays in front of you. He's like, you got to kill me now. Can you please kill me? Kill me. There's no reason to be here anymore. You destroyed my whole family. And you get to choose if you kill him or not. Doesn't do anything for the game, but you can either just shoot him or like walk away. (laughs) They have another one that you warp in. And you know what the trolley dilemma is? So it's the trolley dilemma. There's a train. There's a trolley heading down a hill, and then there's okay. five people that are like on one of the train tracks and one on another, and they're like, "All right, what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna you know save the five people and kill the one person, or are you just gonna let it go?" Um, and they all like react to what you're doing, and you can like keep going back and forth, and they're like, "Oh, please don't do this! Don't do this!" And like it's just like the weirdest like amusing stuff that you can do with it and there's like you know from top to bottom there's so much different stuff in the game and that being said like i think the combat is good like it's not great it's not amazing it doesn't like change Mm -hmm. the world but it's good it's good shooting mechanics um i really like the the um ways you can like interact with the world um each gun has an alternate fire that you can also like use to uh, explore open areas do like all these like things you get a hover pack at a certain point that really opens up the game yeah um, and I like really, this is a game that I would have probably gone for the platinum for if it was on PlayStation. Yeah, um, sure. I started to do it and then I'm like, wait, why am I doing this for? There's really no reason to do it on a, on a, on an Xbox, but like trying to get all of the different, um, like they have these like little hidden packages throughout the whole world that you have money for that you get money in that you can use to upgrade weapons and stuff. And they're like you know, a ton of them throughout the world. But finding them is really clever and unique. How do like you use your uh, traversal skills, your jet pack, your rope lasso. Um, and again, there are moments of it that are funny. So I think it's a very clever game. It really kind of took me um, uh, by surprise with how much I enjoyed playing it. Um, and it was one of those games that when you finished it, yeah, I want to platinum this, but yeah. you, know, you don't get a platinum. So high on life. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I feel like there's still a lot more I can do in that game. Uh, and there, uh, I'm looking forward to what high on life two would be if they do it, which I think they set up for it. Did you, did you go find that secret ending? Yeah. 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 There's like this, like, like without spoiling it, there's like a secret ending that totally sets up like what the sequel could be. Um, and I think it's really interesting. Like the, I, I think a video game that creates an interesting world that has interesting like lore and backstory for it. I think that's part of a game and that's what part of what makes a game great. And I think the world as wacky and stupid as this world is that they set up is really interesting. A whole race of alien guns basically gets extinct because one alien gun wanted to like explore the world and he ends up with this whole like race of guns getting destroyed. Um, and there's actually God, there are so many funny little moments in the game, too, that are just for plot. Um, the trophies themselves are kind of funny. There's literally one trophy uh, that you're fighting a boss. That, that is unlo- my favorite joke. Yeah. In the whole like like that had me laughing out loud pretty hard. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, like, I don't want to spoil gonna get there, it because like, it's like, really good. It's really funny. Um, but like. And I think generally the trophy list is pretty good. They create a lot of sins, like missable trophies. There's a lot of missable trophies. Like if I were oh, really? to platinum this, I'd have to replay about a third of the game in order okay. to get it and like do something a certain specific way. Um, but I, a lot of good things. I think it's a, a gem that came out at the end of the year. And I do think Justin Roiland, uh, is, his brand of humor will scare enough people away from not trying it. But like this is a game that it's on Game Pass. On game Pass. I probably wouldn't have bought it myself. 
um, just based on it being that kind of game. But the fact that it's on Game Pass, it was there. I know technically yeah. paying for it. Um, uh, it was a good little game, and I think it is my a strong number nine. And maybe it'll be one of those games that next year it even moves up a little bit higher on my list just because of, you know, it's sitting more with me because it is such a recent game. But I'm pretty high on this game. <laughs> <laughs> I think also they said that um, I don't know, like how true this is. It, it to me, it feels similar how the way that like Netflix will say this sort of thing about that. Like this movie is the number one watched movie in the whole world. Like, oh yeah. According to what and who and, <laughs> um, but they, they did say, I think that high on life was like, had the biggest game pass launch I think ever. Yeah. Which I think is significant. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, cause I think about like game pass, like big game pass launches. And like, I look back and th- think about like outriders. Like I thought that one was, had like a pretty huge launch and, and, um, stuff like that. So I, I think that's a, a good sign also like i don't know how that translates to like cash in their pockets but um to me that seems to show that it was popular enough that i don't know maybe it could get a sequel that they sort of joked about and hinted about but yeah just looking here high on life uh is more popular than minecraft in xbox game pass currently it's wild um yeah, which is uh I'm, this is a tweet from uh benji sales i don't know who this is but um, it said high in life past Minecraft to become the number one most popular game on Game Pass. Incredible result given the staying power of Minecraft and Forza 5. Um, so I think that is fantastic. Like, yeah, just well, that's awesome. Yeah. My number nine. Not all these had great sound effects. <laughs> <pull> from. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, that's the sound that when you die in Sifu, you get. <laughs> ah, got it, got it. Uh, it's Sifu. Um, I, I think when we did the review of this, I walked away a little bit negative. Um, but following our review, I said, it, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let the game beat me. So I went back to it, played the game, beat it, had a great time with it. I, I think I like challenging games. I do. I like games that really test me and really make me think about their mechanics and how they work and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and I think Sifu does that. I think its tutorial isn't great, which is part of why I bounced off it initially. Um, and we talked about that during our review episode. But um, damn, like once it finally clicks and it did finally click for me, I think the flow that you get into is pretty excellent. And then when I had that moment of finally going like, oh, here we go. I went back to those older bosses and those older levels and I was able to get through them pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would assume that I have no, like, like that I did not, the, the mechanics and whatever did not implant, like imprint on me. <laughs> so like, I don't know if I could return to it and yeah, be like yeah. really good at it still. Um, but when I was doing it, like you're seeing like all, every single thing happen sort of in slow motion. Uh, and, and I thought it was, um, a really, really solid game that takes that level of challenge uh, and is worthy of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like it's one of those games that like it's very obvious you're learning and getting better without it being mm-hmm. obvious that you're learning and getting better. Um, and like I think the the perfect way to explain this game to people is like in terms of its difficulty is like when you first play that nightclub level, yeah, you think you're never gonna beat it. 
like you get to that first boss and it's like he like magic is happening here. Like, I don't know what he's doing to possibly be like beating me. I don't know how I can beat him. But then you learn and then you legitimately start to see it. And as you said, almost like you're seeing it in slow motion. You start to understand the mechanics of the game in such a natural way because they never like sit down and like necessarily like tutorialize things incredibly well. But like it's so quick, it's so fast. Yeah, you just kind of like learn through doing and you get used to it. And like you suddenly start like your hand like it was one of the games that I was playing. My hands were legitimately tired from playing it because you are like just working so much um, with it. Uh, And I think it is such a creative concept from its upgrade system to its age system to its really allowing you to kind of like make the game as hard or as easy as you want to it. Yeah. Uh, like it, there's some really good stuff about it. And I think if I would have been able to stick with it just a little bit longer and power through it, um, I got to the, the, the tower level, the build, the, the business tower. Yeah, I think it's okay. the second to last bot area. Say, yeah. That's like the, almost the final one. Yeah. So I got there and I just never, I just never finished it. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I couldn't, but it just, uh, you know, sometimes like, you know, you hit your head against the wall once and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm age 72. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have to start from the beginning again. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a really unique and clever game. And I think it's definitely worthy of being on a top 10 list. And I, I think it's one of those games that really kind of hurt being released so early in the year. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it an early release or my, my my miss? Yeah, it was like February, if I had to yeah. guess. Um, and I think just a lot of stuff came out for people to forget it. Um, and I think that is a, a shame because with a game like Elden Ring being so popular, that is one of those games about like a tough game about like getting better at your combat. I think this is a kind of game that is unique and interesting. And um, I think more people, if people like Elden Ring, people would probably like this game. Yeah, but I, I also think like what is really interesting about Sifu that is a little different than like the Souls games. Or I, I guess what I would say is it is very similar, in my opinion, to Sekiro over something like Elden Ring because in Elden Ring like if you're having trouble with a boss what you can do like you can learn the patterns and spend the time like grinding against the boss until you finally get it or you can just go back out in the world find something to kill it with or level up enough times to come back and make it trivial right in Sifu you can't do that you have to learn the game and beat it on its own terms because yes there are those upgrades but they're not in my memory significant enough to make the game like way easier would you agree? Like, it, I, yeah, they, they do help, but like they don't I don't think trivialize anything. Like, I think a, any random guy can still be a big enough threat to you. Well, and I feel like the way the upgrade system is, too, is that it's incentivizing you to play it perfectly because yep. like the earlier you get the upgrades, the better they can be. The longer you mm-hmm. wait, like they're like they they are literally like it's almost like just wait a little bit. You'll get this. And like yep. I, you don't get that in Eldering. Eldering is like you get the experience. Don't hold on to your freaking. <laughs> right. What are they right. called? Ruins. Souls. Ruins. Yeah. Oh, God, Jesus. Yeah. So there you random, go. Random word generator to come up with the, the name of the souls in your born yeah. games. What if it was just rings? Just in, rings. In Elden Ring. Yeah, and it'll you, be like when Sonic you get hit, whenever you goes, die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. My number eight game uh, is one that was an honorable mention to you, uh, and it would be Return to Monkey Island. Ooh. Um, uh, I, we've talked about this uh, a, a lot this year, but Monkey Island has always been one of my favorite series. Um, I think it is really hard to make a funny game, um, and I think – a game like Monkey Island, these these kind of like point and click adventure games are the ones to really allow for humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think 
this game was funny. It was clever. It really paid off uh, with a lot of my fandom of the series. Um, I think the art style was, well, people were th- didn't like it because it wasn't it looked great. I don't know what they were expecting. It looked great. Like, it was awesome. It like it awesome. like you were like in a cartoon. You were controlling a cartoon in, in a very interesting style. Um, I think the one knock on this game, the one the reason this game isn't higher on my list, uh, is because the ending was a little disappointing. They decided to go all meta with it about like what makes a game or whatever the hell it is or what, <laughs> what like what we're expecting. When it literally just they could have done that while finishing the story. And they, I think that's the the worst part about it, right? Like. That's fine. Yeah. Like, like having having him come out. Spoilers for Monk Allen. Having him come out and it being whatever theme park or whatever it was. That's fine. But like, there's just no resolution to the plot, <laughs> like at yep. all. Like any like any of the things that you were building towards just do not get resolved, even one bit. Yep. Um. And the, like that that was the disappointing part of it. Mm-hmm. But like. The message is about it's the journey, friends, not the destination. I guess that right. fucking makes sense. But I guess like, so. Yeah, but also, like, give me right. a story. It's a good pirate tale. Um, it's just such a shame because I think that the rest of the story was so strong. Yep. For them to yep. just like pull the rug out and yeah, like you're saying, like it's the de- it's the journey, not the destination. Sure, but you were making a you were like, making it seem like right it was a good there. destination. Like <laughs> yeah, it was literally like oh, we got to get this game out. Let's just like put this at the end. And I know that wasn't the intention. I, I'm assuming not. it wasn't the intention, but that's just how it felt to me as the right. gamer of whatever. Um, but I love these kind of games to begin with, like these like kind of point and click adventure games that low stakes with it. It's not like you're being chased by by you know zombies or whatever. But like it is just like fun to kind of explore the world. And they can often be frustrating. They can often be exceptionally frustrating. But this game did so many things to make that type of uh, game accessible, easy. Mm-hmm. The hints between the hint system, the difficulty settings, the whatever, they just made it really playable. And playing some of those original Monkey Island games about hitting your head against the wall, about trying every single thing in your inventory with every single thing in the world, you don't really have that those kind of sticking points in the game. There might be a couple that are a little bit more challenging, but again, if you get to those challenging parts, they have things in place to make it easier for you, um, whether it's switch shifting the difficulty or like literally it telling you what to do. So it was a, a, a good return to the kind of games I like, and they modernize it to a way that I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what I did there, the return. Yeah, like, yeah, return, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was a good return to the kind of games I like, and it is like the, it put on the rose-colored glasses to make me go back and be like, oh man, I should replay those again. And if I did replay it again, I'd be like, man, they really need to update some of these mechanics <laughs> yes. a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but great game. Um, uh, I think most people who know me would look at a Monkey Island game and be like, oh, that's the that's the Justin kind of humor because uh, Guybrush totally is my spirit animal. Um, also, I think it's on Game Pass now. Yeah. It's or, like if, Game Pass. or if it's not, it's on Xbox for sure. Yep. Um, yeah. It's also like what a good Switch game. Oh, like oh, perfect Switch game. Yeah. Um, Justin, my number my number eight. Again, couldn't get really great sound effects for this one. It's stray. Uh, it's stray. It's, <laughs> it's stray. stray. Um, I, when I think about stray, this is going to sound like it's a backhanded compliment, but it is, I guess that's what it is. Um, I, I liked it a lot more than I think I should have in that. Like, I don't really have an affinity for cats necessarily. Um, it, I, I, like, 
I thought the puzzles were pretty straightforward. Like, like I don't, I don't think there was anything like truly compelling about like its mechanics or anything like that. Um, and I thought the novelty of you just being a cat, like for me, just isn't enough to carry it across. But for whatever reason, when I look back on that game, I'm just like, I would love to give that another shot. Give just play it again. I think that what it really, really does well is the the its world. And I thought that 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 those robots were so interesting, especially like the idea is like, okay, all humans are get dead. Right. And so the robots like sort of took their place and they do all these things that we humans do, but they don't know why. And I think that's so interesting. You know what I mean? Like like they're walking around like like wearing clothes and, and like pretending to eat food or whatever, but they don't like know why they just know that we did it, you know? Um, and, and I find that to be just super, super compelling and interesting. And I think they explore that a lot in the three different cities that you go to. Cause there's that one main city. Then there's the like city in the tree. That's very like near automata esque. And then there's the, the last city you go to with like the bar and the nightclub and everything. Um, and, and I just think it's so compelling and interesting. And at the end of the day, while the, um, well, I do think that the puzzles were straightforward enough to not really be like it, it, they weren't challenging puzzles. I do think that they still had satisfying conclusions and there was enough sat like that was just really satisfying about the way that the game played from the animations of the cat to, um, to again, the, those interactions with the people and everything like that, that it's just, I think it's just a delightful little game. I think the worst thing people can say about this game is it's just a cat simulator. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, to be honest, that's where the game let me down the most. Yeah, because uh, there's with, not much to it. Yeah, you're really like if that's what a cat is, that's a boring life, man. Like, <laughs> like I really yeah. don't feel like you have it's a cat simulator because a lot of it has to do like with you just pressing a button to jump and like go on certain ledges. It just didn't feel like I was like that open world cat to do whatever I wanted to. It was a lot more guided and directed than than just it being like, oh, it's an open world cat game. It's not. Yeah. Um, and I think just like what I said with High on Life. Uh, the fact that Stray's world is so interesting and so well realized um, and like the lore about it is so interesting. You just like want to find out more about this. Um, you want to find out all the stuff that happened. You want to find out, um, you know, by the end, like when you get to the end, it's really not about the world that you just saved. It's about your getting back to your family. Yeah. <laughs> And how they did such a good job of like having a very simple premise, finding your family or friends or whoever they are. Yeah. And then you you are like a passenger on this world and you end up helping all these people and you become their little savior. Um, it is it there it is very unique and cool game. I, I don't think there are many games like that out there. Um, and I think this is another game that I highly recommend if you like it to to do the platinum. Um, yes, agreed. And because it really kind of shows the the interesting things that you can do in this game and normally when i see a, a speed run trophy of any sort i lock up and i'm like oh i do not want to do this but i really think getting this this trophy and doing the the speed run platinum for this uh is definitely worth doing and i think it's going to be uh it just adds the overall experience of it to what can be a short game but i think it it's a, a, a worthwhile uh experience and i feel like if it was any longer i might not like it as much to be honest but also I'll say this, like, yeah, it's a short game when you do the speed run thing, but like you're skipping out, like, in my opinion, the best part of it, of, of being able to take your time and look at the world and talk to the different characters yep. and like, 
and see all the details, you know what I mean? And that speedrun trophy is fun, and I do think it's kind of exhilarating because you're like, it's not, it's just short enough. What is it, like an hour and a half or mm-hmm. something like that? It's it's just short enough, or maybe two hours. Like, it's just short enough to feel like it's doable, but just it's also like short enough that like you can't make that many mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you can't, like, there is like a, some, you know, like wiggle room and whatever, but um, it it is I think a good a good trophy there. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I like I said, I think I like it more than like when when I walk away from it and like talk about the things I like. It, it's like not a huge list, but I, those things that I do like, I really really like. You know. Yeah, and I have a hard time finding something I don't like about the game. Like exactly, there are things that I think are just fine. Like like yeah. we were talking about, like the cat part of it, like take it or leave it whatever but like there's nothing in there that i would say like oh this was a big flaw yeah you know yep um so there you go yeah stray good game very good game my number seven um is a game that uh i forgot came out this year to be honest um it's moss book two um yeah okay it was uh i mean a a vr game like a moss in fact it was probably the only thing i played on uh psvr this year besides uh beat saber um i think but i'm trying to think but go on uh but moss book 2 uh is like the perfect type of vr game for me you are sitting at a table virtual table and you are basically playing with a toy set in front of you um and i think they upgraded so much from the first game to make this game better for making the story legitimately epic from doing mind bending things with the with the table that you're sitting at and like how your your little uh quill character interacts with the, with the the world uh the combat they they step up with nothing special but like for what you're doing and for what you have in a VR game like i think there are some really cool choices that they make in the game they make it a much more of a of a of an open world type of game where you're encouraged to kind of explore find alternate paths and things like that uh and i think you know for for the low quality of uh psvr like the the lenses that you look through they do a really good job of making this game beautiful and cool um and like it's one of the games that like this series in general if you're trying to get people on board with vr i feel like these are the games that people need to play more um because it is such a high quality experience and i think that the more people who play this the more people will like it and it just kind of sucks that a game like this i think it's out is it out on the other vr devices at this point other than playstation i don't know i can look and it just kind of stinks that things get like locked to that um, to a certain point that you, it's not as easy to play for people. But it is a game that really does take advantage of VR in a really unique way. So it is on Oculus Quest and it's on Steam. Yeah. So if you've got a headset that can just hook up to Steam, you're good. So, it, yeah, I, I recommend you playing this. It is a worthwhile experience. Cool stuff with the story. Cool stuff with the with the VR. They literally make you feel like you're in this world and playing this game as a person with your little quill character. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff they do is like mind bending. It's like the, you're moving two things at once kind of store like game. Like, so you're moving your character, you're moving a little orb and then you're moving your head sometimes. So you're like very like a lot going on with your brain. So it just kind of like itches that, that, uh, I guess that, that muscle that you don't always get to do by working both hemispheres of your brain at the same time. So Moss book two is my number seven game of the year. 
I want to play this because I mean, just when when we did the review and, and you talked about it, like it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like like very up my alley as well. Uh, it's just VR. You know, like I just oh, don't have yeah, yeah. It's access the to it. Uh, the um, um my I love uh the bosses too in the game. Like what they do with the oh, bosses yeah. and the scale of them are really cool. Um, throughout it. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I am. It's one of those things where like I know that eventually I will end up with some vr headset at some point it's just when you know what i mean yeah yeah but it seems like regardless of what headset you're going to get this will be available on it because it's it is on the ps5 psvr it's on oculus or MetaQuest, i guess uh it's on steam whatever and then it's going to have that psvr2 so if that's when i end up getting like however it is but um also one at the game awards if you remember best vr yeah. game best vr game yeah really really a lot of stiff competition for all them VR um, Among Us VR. Uh. And that's it. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Just in my number seven game. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Doesn't Do have the sound bite. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> it's from the quarry. Uh it's the quarry. <laughs> I had I had the sound bite when he's like, um, can't run for me in my own house, fucker. And he goes, You're a fucker. And then walks away. <laughs> Um, the quarry is, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's really good. Um, there is something about the quarry and until dawn that I think really, really, really works. Um, I would say that it is the fact that all these characters are teenagers and, and stuff like that. Um, because I really didn't like, um, what was it called? The Devil in Me, the, the Last Dark Pictures game, because it felt so like all of the characters felt really, really dumb. And that works in the quarry because they're all kids and you can excuse a lot of like cringy stuff and like poor choices because they're kids and, and they're not, you know, adults. <laughs> right. Um, but I also thought that the way the story was told, while I do think it takes a minute to get actually get going, uh, I do think that like the... Um, choices were very fun. The story took some twists that I really appreciated and liked. Um, it looked really good. I, I've seen some uh, clips from people who maybe uh, who had scenes that didn't necessarily gel together super well. Uh, and I think that's just one of those issues with one of these these types of games that have so many different variables and options. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but for me, in my experience, I had a really fun time with it. I never found that stuff to be too intrusive. Um, I had one death that I, or two deaths that I felt were, um, maddening because of the circumstances and and everything. And and one of those, like, well, how the hell was was I supposed to predict this in the first hour of the game? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I, I'm willing to forgive all that stuff because at the end of the day, I walk away saying, Corey, I liked you. Boy, fucking Jacob's death was the thing That's that one pissed of the ones. me off yeah. the fucking the most. Thing. The only one who died, and it was such a bullshit puzzle um, that if they're going to make that like a high-stakes death puzzle, they mm-hmm. needed to allow you to take a step back and like look at the room again. Because once you get to the puzzle, it's like too late at that point. You can't like back out of it. you got to like go through with it. So stupid. Yeah, it, when it's weird, too, because I thought that... Um like even if you could look around again is adding the numbers on fuse breakers 
is that something that happens? No, like it, but like it, it felt it, like one it of those is, things. It is stupid, but at least you would have the numbers in front of you to start like doing some like. I guess so. Like, so, like think ooh, about process it. of elimination and stuff like that. But the game that was the only puzzle like that in the whole game. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game had nothing like that. There was no type of like mystery sleuthing ad- addition puzzles through the whole thing. It was just that one moment, and that's complete bullshit. But let me tell you something: one bullshit puzzle doesn't ruin a, ga- ruin a game. The Quarry is my number six game of the year. Yo, I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! Yeah, well, like that's the thing, though, right? Like, how do you fix that? Either you have Jacob have some like you know like crowbarred in line being like i think i saw him add the numbers together or something yeah. like that or you just have to do the same puzzle at the beginning of the game right you know what i mean something oh, similar we got an idea yeah flip the switches or whatever yeah make yeah. it harder or something like that but like just to not have to have that happen and it'd be the the one wrong answer gets your your character dead like yeah stupid. exactly but i mean the game is is great i think like anything flawed with it, like as you said, cheesy dialogue, uh, whatever, you can throw it off to being they're, they're teenagers and they're just like children and whatever. And it is campy. It is the perfect horror movie type of of game, one that I would enjoy. And I really do think they did not just go with what what, what they did last time with the story. They did a really Agreed. unique and interesting thing. Yeah. All the mechanics of the game really like reflected the story. And if you play it again, it's like, oh, that's really interesting what they did with the fortune teller, the fortune mm-hmm. cards. Um, I think actually like finding the lore and stuff like that was really cool because you started to be able to solve the mystery before the game lets you solve the mystery or has you solve the mystery for you. So like if you're sitting there, like there were like moments when something would happen and and, uh, uh, Claire and I would just kind of sit and like talk about like, what do you think happening here? Like what's going on? Like and, and like we had like legitimate potential theories that we could like talk about because of just you know the the clues and the things that were left out so many moments of tension that really don't mean much in, in retrospect because they they didn't end up with a character dying or anything but they were just a you didn't know that you don't know that you, it, don't know. They, you could you know? just have a stupid fuse puzzle that ends up killing your friend who knows <laughs> exactly um so like th- there's games like this are maybe they're not critical darlings in terms of like their review scores because there are, there are certainly things to nitpick about them. But a game like this is always going to be a game that I remember fondly um, because they are such unique. They are so unique. They do hit that that fun, campy horror vibe. Um, the characters are all interesting. Some you hate, some you love. Um, and yeah, there are some arbitrary choices that could lead to a character dying, but that's kind of life to a certain point. So um it's I think it's one of those things, right? Like, well, that's just how it goes. <laughs> like, yeah. like frustrating, if certainly, but that's just how it goes. Um, and I will also say, too, uh, I, I guess I put this in the honorable mentions uh, as dusk falls. I really liked from earlier this year, but I think I like the quarry better. Uh, not not because as dusk falls isn't good, but like. The quarry, like. There's just something I think inherently fun about the premise of a bunch of teenagers in a, in a horror movie. I think there's just a lot of potential and fun there. And like you said about, it doesn't just retread uh, until dawn because it could, and it could. And like, if you put those same characters in this situation, I still would play it. and I would still like it, yep. but I think it elevates it because of the, the choices that they do make to set it apart from until dawn. And so like as dust falls is really good. And, and I did like it a lot, but there's just something inherently fun about watching teenagers go through this. You well, know what I mean? And I think like movie. with uh, uh, As Dust Falls, like 
the the characters aren't tropes. Right. And I think part of the fun of the quarry is you are playing with the tropey characters. Yes. So 100%. when you're going about these decisions, you're thinking about them. All right, what's the jock going to do? You know, what's the couple in love going to do with this one? Like yeah. all these like very like it, it. It's more fun to come up with the answers. And I think the consequences almost feel not like less important, but like with the genre that you're playing if everyone dies, I don't feel bad. But in as dust falls, like if everyone dies, I felt like I fucked up. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> you know, I know like, what you mean. like I like made a mistake with that. Um, and this one, I did not feel like I made a mistake by by making a wrong choice, except for that stupid bullshit puzzle that was not on me. That was on whatever. So, but that's the thing. One one poorly designed moment in a game, like yes, that is irritating. But like, does that ruin it for me? No, no, absolutely not. And I want to go back. I want to do another playthrough. I just haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of games but, out, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was your number six. So I guess back to back, my number six. It's Kirby in the Forgotten Land. That's the most. Listen to this little guy. That's so disturbing. You think that's disturbing? Oh, he's like waving at the camera. You hit like the down on the D pad and he like waves at the camera. It's either they have a child that they brought into that recording studio or like an adult an adult. Yeah. Okay. Coming fine, in the recording fine. studio and being like, all right, do your fine. best Kirby. And they're like, all right, I got this. <laughs> and they like get all serious. And then they get they, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? I think if you're a performer like that, I think you, you melt into any role, right? You yeah. are a well, big puffball. If, if we learned one thing from Bayonetta this year is that that actor of Kirby did not get paid that much. Agreed. Pay him more. Pay him all more. Uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, though, I think it is uh, similar to uh, It Takes Two from last year. I don't know. It's hard for me to separate the game from the time I had with the game, if that makes sense. I yep. had a really, really good time with Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I played through the entire thing with Elena, and um, I, I, I think... I would say that I think it is a really, really solid co-op game. Um, There is so much inventiveness and the way that it uses the different Kirby powers and stuff like that is is just excellent. I I found it to be packed full of ideas um, in that way. And there is a lot of stuff to do once you've completed the main story. Um, There's a lot of stuff you can 100 percent with it uh, without it being overwhelming. Uh, the levels are short enough. It reminded me a little bit of um, Mario 3D World, where like the levels are short enough to be bite-sized, to never overstay their welcome. And if you want to 100% those levels, you can. But if you just want to keep moving, you're never like stuck on one idea for too long. Um, and it, it's been a long time since I've played like a mainline Kirby game. Um, and it is one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, this is pretty much exactly how I remember this in a way that was... I assume that they've made changes to make it more modern and to make it feel better. You know what I mean? So that if I went back to an older Kirby game, it might feel a little bit worse for wear. But um, it's just a, a very extremely pleasant game um, that I had a really good time with. The one thing against it, I will say, though, is that player two has to play as uh, Waddle D um, with a spear. And while that's that can be fun, um, it feels a little bit like baby mode. Like they like it's just like give this to your kid. And they won't be able to like do anything of consequence or anything like that. Um, pretty much every other Kirby game in my memory, player two plays as just a different colored Kirby um, or Kibi, which is a different character in Kirby. Right. Um, he's like a, he's like a yellow one. But yeah. like. 
for whatever reason, you just play as ben, uh, Bandana Waddle Dee. Um, I would have loved to maybe been able to use powers. <laughs> you know what I mean? What can you do? I still think uh, Bandana Waddle Dee has some fun powers to use, but um, yeah, that would just be my one thing with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the game is set up so easily to have you be able to have another Kirby. Like, Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think it's just one of those things where, like, give this to your kid. That way they can play while not playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do think it's more, like, it's way, way better than, like, the two-player, like, mario odyssey where one person is cappy come on you know what i mean or or like stuff like that um where it's like really not anything um but no i i really enjoyed kirby the forgotten land you didn't play it though you played the demo right i played the demo so i like the first three levels or whatever of it sure um i mean ultimately this goes back to like i'm sure it's a good game just not my kind of game um uh it felt very linear um and Like, to me, I just don't necessarily enjoy those particular types of games. I do like a little bit more open world exploring rather than it being like, you know, like, well, you got to get to the end of this world. So if it was open world, I probably would have played this more. Um, but uh, it wasn't. So it might be on the the maybe it'll go on sale like 100 years from now for like, you know, forty five dollars when the switch is uh, store is going under. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It'll probably be more expensive, actually, when that happens. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah enjoyable game in my opinion kirby and the forgotten land all right we're in the top five right now we are uh i'm about to to drop a game in here that i'm pretty sure you haven't played oh and um it's fine uh because you you didn't play the game preceding it which i think was also a game that you need to play and that would be fire emblem warriors three hopes sure yep um, this was a shock to me. I am, have never been a fan of the warrior type of games. Um, I, you know, played some of the, like the dynasty warrior games in the past. I've played, uh, uh, Hyrule warriors in the past and they just didn't get me. And I think part of the reason is that when you play like Hyrule warriors, that game is like an alternate reality. So it feels like nothing matters. Right. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, yes, it's an alternate reality, so things don't necessarily matter, but it's like a very interesting fan fiction off of choices that happened in uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, uh, because that there's technically like four canon ending, endings or storylines to Fire Emblem Three Houses, so there really is no canon, right? Like it's Because there's so many different options of stories you can yeah. use, so it didn't feel like I was playing a less than game because of that. Um, it didn't feel like I was playing something that didn't fit in the original story. It was another path to take. And mixing the uh, combat of a Warriors game into Fire Emblem and having it being both tactical and action-based, I loved so much better than the combat and the tactical stuff of Three Houses. It's much more engaging. It's, yeah, a little repetitive at a certain point because it is that kind of game. But, like, it was so much more engaging to play these battles, and I had so much more fun playing these battles than I did with the traditional tactics of uh, Fire Emblem. And 
Uh, the story itself, I thought, was really interesting. The character relationships were really interesting. You still got to recruit characters. You still got to, um, I don't know if you necessarily romance characters in this game, but, like, you still had to have awkward horse riding dates with them or whatever it was. And, like, it felt like there was all of the good relationship building stuff, all the good story and lore building of three houses you had in this game and just a little different uh version your main character is much more interesting of a character because they have a personality unlike blythe in or blythe or blythe or whatever you say in um three uh houses so to me i was shocked because i really enjoyed three houses um but three hopes i enjoyed even more um, and it was, uh, just a, a wonderful way to get back in the, in those, uh, in that world, get back to those characters that I loved, um, and, uh, highly recommend it for anyone who likes the Fire Emblem games. You don't necessarily have to play, uh, three houses in order to play it, um, but it does help because you have a whole game of characters and relationship building that you have that you get to play off of. So, um, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, very deep and complex systems in it. And I think this type of game was a lot, was the kind of warriors game for me. And, uh, I look forward to more in this series. So I guess my question is like, what about, is it the story and the characters and stuff that were able to get you through the warriors parts of it? Or was, were there like significant changes to that formula that made you like it? Um, I, I think the, the way the, the, and maybe this is just me learning how to play this game the right way the whole time. Mm. But the the fact that you could make any of your characters, because instead of it being like character based, like a lot of them are, like each character has its own different move set. This one was much more class based. So you could have any okay. character be any class and like upgrade them to that. So you had so many options in order to get your characters in battle. But then once you were actually in battle, um, there's a lot moments when you'd pause the map and like, have your units go to certain places to do objectives, whether you did them, you controlled the character or you had other characters do it. And it felt like just a much faster way to play a tactics game uh, than when you were playing it with just a fire emblem game. And it had a lot of very similar stuff that you would do in, in a fire emblem game without the tactics. And you actually get to control and hit people Mm -hmm. and do that kind of stuff. Um, And I feel like there was the, the upgrades of your characters made each match more interesting because you had reasons to level up characters you had reasons to control other characters because you might want to like max them out in this class or have them the ability to learn this class eventually and there's just a lot more meta stuff that went on so it was like micromanaging their upgrades fighting with them in battle socializing between battles there's like three significant things to do that Mm -hmm. made it when I played uh, Hyrule Warriors, there's not much you do between battles. Sure. So you basically are battling nonstop in that game. This one, it's like the 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 drip of everything that you do is much more palatable um, and much more varied than what you would be doing in, I think, a normal one. Because there's a lot to do. Because, it, it, again, it's like exactly like Fire Emblem's uh, Three Houses, except you're controlling combat more directly. See, that's, that's what it was with, like, uh, Persona 5 Strikers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and for me, like, that combat was, like, fine. But, like, what was getting me through was the story and the characters and everything outside of that combat. And I and um, I think for me, like, playing a, an RPG versus playing um, a uh, Warriors game, 
I don't think that that's not an improvement, but I fucking hate tactics games. <laughs> sure. There you go. And like being able to like have more of an action approach to that rather than a tactics game, because as much as fun as I had with three houses, it's still a tactics game. So mm-hmm. I, that was not the stuff I enjoyed the most. Um, and I would rather hit people with a sword rather than watch them hit each other with a sword with a random fucking coin flip when you should beat this character and all of a sudden nothing happens because you missed because you're standing three feet away from them you can't hit them with your dumb sword stupid it's fair super fair my next game my number five top five Signalis. Signalis. Okay. It's Signalis. <laughs> that's the sound. Like that's like the like the sound it makes. Like right when you start the game. Um, gosh. Okay. When I played it initially, uh, I played like two or three hours of it. I've talked about it on the show. I've been like, yeah, I don't know. And then just never touched it again. And then for work this week, they were like, hey, can you do Signalis guides? So I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, simple enough, easy enough. Oh my gosh, what a game! What a like profound super good games so i put it at number five um because i it, it, recency bias i don't know where where at the end of the day i'm going to like where this is going to land for me it's in the top five but i don't know if i'm going to like it better or worse than what i've got above it so Horizon. i put it here <laughs> lol um <laughs> so like this is such a stylish game that tells a profound story about the ideas of like love and consciousness and like it asks those questions that like what makes a human and what makes a person and like if you are changed if you go through things and in, in horrible traumatic events are you that same person and and all these sort of big questions and on top of that it's got some excellent excellent puzzles in it uh, it, it's it's kind of like Resident Evil, uh, like classic Resident Evil, um, where you're kind of walking through hallways and being attacked by monsters. I think the combat is where the game is really let down. Um, it not let down. It's just it's fine. It's whatever. It's not memor- It's not like a great combat system, um, but it is like it, if it wasn't there, I think the game would be less for it because um, it is a scary game. It is. A, it is a pretty spooky game. Um, and the whole game, you only get six invent, uh, inventory spaces. That's it. And so if you want to have a gun, the gun takes up one and the ammo for the gun takes up the other. So that's four, right? And if you need healing items, okay, now you got three left. Like it's one of those things that's just, I think really, really, um, while the combat isn't spectacular, I think it forces you to make interesting choices about how you're going to approach situations and stuff like that. Um, uh, like there, like there's a lot I don't want to say about the story because I think it's really worth experiencing and seeing. Um, but I think the way that it's told is spectacular. Um, you you played you said like an hour of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted you to play it just so you could understand what I mean by the way it tells its story. Um, because there are all like the cutscenes are never told like uh, literally. It feels like an event that happens is interstitched with like flashes of different like symbols and words and stuff on the screen. There's a lot of stuff that's in German. Um, and, and like there's so much theming that goes into just these flashed items that are just on the screen for just, I mean like I don't know, four frames, you know what I mean? Before you move on to another thing that I, I think it really, really 
Um, I think some people might find that to be a little pretentious, but I found it to be very, very helpful to make it to establish its tone and theme and, and everything like that. Um, and I like, I don't know. I finished it on Friday, I think. And I've just sort of been like unpacking it in my mind ever since. Um, there's four different endings. I, I got one out of the three. Um, the th- well, I got one out of the three regular ones and then there's a secret ending. Um, but I, I found it to just be like stellar. And, and as you go through it, you sort of put pieces together of like, Oh, that's why there was this one sequence that showed up that was just like completely detached from everything else before you go back to what you were doing before. And you go, Oh, that's why I was on a fucking radio tower in the middle of nowhere for so long because of this. Um, damn, what a good story. Yeah. uh, So my, my initial impressions with it, um, are, it is very unique in terms of its style because it does have that like pixel esque looking, Art it's like, style it's like to PS1, it. basically. Yeah, PS1. But then they have those like moments where you like click on something, and you're kind of in first person, and you zoom in on something, and you have to like kind of like solve puzzles. And so far, the amount of puzzle solving you have to do is pretty advanced, like not advanced, uh, varied. Like there's a lot of different yeah. puzzles that you do the whole time. It's not yes. the same thing all the time. Um, I experienced like, oh, you got to tape a card together to find this key card to uh, do a, a a safe code that you have to like open up a safe to to do a trial and error lock picking system that really doesn't make that much sense, but it still works. Like there's a lot of different stuff that you're doing with the actual puzzles, um, which I think is really fun. Um, mm-hmm. It makes that moment to moment interesting. Does that stay varied throughout the whole playthrough? Which I, I think the puzzles are, are a highlight for me. Yep. Um, they're, um, they're really good. The game itself, and this might change, it is guided in a way that you never necessarily feel lost about what to do next. Like, you you have your, like, areas that you have to, like, go to, and I think it it does a good job of guiding you to the next proper place to go. Yep. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times, like, with, tradi- like, old school Resident Evil games, like PlayStation 1, 2, there's a lot of moments when you're just kind of like, ah, fucking, I don't know how to do this puzzle, or, like, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of just, like, random wandering around, but I feel like this one is a very curated game in a very interesting way, um, and it can be, it's kind of spooky. Um. Uh, it, there's a lot of different art styles going on uh, and like a lot of different things going on. And at first I was kind of turned off by that, but like they do some creepy ass shit in this game. So there, this is a puzzle game, right? Like it's, it's like so unnerving. Yeah. Like is how I found it. Yes. yes it's a puzzle adventure game. game. I am on, on that boat. Like I have my note app out. I'm taking notes as things are happening and just writing things down. Just make sure I have stuff. Um, so pretty soon in the beginning of the game, like your your ship crashes uh, or, or stops working, you get off of it and then you go outside and then you get to this like signal tower thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. And you hear like this radio broadcast and you start like I'm like, oh, they're repeating these numbers. And the way they're repeating these numbers, I'm like, all right, I got to write these down. So I start writing these down and then I'm like looking at my phone and looking up and I start, I'm seeing these flashes and I'm like, OK, this is whatever. And I keep putting the things in and I'm like, huh. Okay, what's going? Wait, what? Are these numbers important? What's going on here? And they flash all these like disturbing images about like your face slowly melting into this weird like creepy grin zombie thing. And then like all of a sudden you see like pictures of people like almost gonna cut their wrists with a knife, and they're like doing all these like really weird things. And you're like, the fuck? And then I'm like, oh wait, the numbers. Do I still need those? And I'm like, whatever. But like (laughs) it was like this really like subtle build. And the sound effects are creepy. Like when you go mm. to save, it's one of the most disturbing audio sounds for did no you, reason. Have you did you click on the save thing and try not to save? No. Okay, so when you save, uh, 
like there's like save rooms it's like resident evil and so when you save um like the whole screen goes red and it's like you know save complete whatever and then you go back to the game if you choose to continue without saving it does that same red flash but the text just says you'll regret this later (laughs) it's it's like the first time that happened like full body chills like oh gosh yeah Uh, it's uh it's i would say definitely a unique experience and it goes with that that cool vibe of the rose colored glasses because it brings you back into what old games used to be, but it updates and modernizes them in a way that is extremely playable and extremely fun. Um, and for people who always say each week, old games are old. Yeah. They're fucking old. That's why like updating old games like this is not not the way to go, but like, this is the way to do it to get that nostalgia fix, but with a modern game. So I recommend this for anyone who has good memories of playing old resident evil games, um, likes these kind of like puzzle solving games. It reminds me to a little bit of like some of the puzzles you do in like the old mist games. If you've ever played those, those point and click games, a lot of those vibes to it with a lot of the creepy vibes. And I think what they do with the horror is really good in the game. Uh, 100%. I would say it's like resident evil meets annihilation, which Mm -hmm. is like my intersection of, interests (laughs) um uh, and also like uh, if you don't like the way that if you're like an old school resident evil fan and you want like proper tank controls uh yeah that's an option in there um so like if you want to play wrong if you want to play it and make it feel really bad do that um but it's it's one of those things with like the old school resident evil like don't kill every enemy because you do not have enough bullets and also they come back (laughs) like oh they come back um but it, I think it's it's fly. It is it is so fantastic. Um, and I don't want to like say really anything else about the story other than like what a what an absolute knockout ending I got. Um, and uh, the the text that's in here, like there's like a lot of like flavor text and everything. But I, I think it's all worth reading because it's all just really really interesting. Um, and it just. Ugh. Great world building. Great world building. The world is so fantastic and it just gets better and better when you start to understand who the main character Elster is and and their relationship to the person they're looking for. Um, gosh, it's great stuff. Uh, I, I want to just read one little one little piece of text that shows up a few times in the game and then we, we can move on. Uh, it's just one of those things that I think is so like spectacular that just sends a chill down my spine because it's so mysterious, but also like it makes you think is what I'm trying to say. It says great holes secretly were digged where earth's pores ought to suffice and things have learned to walk that ought to crawl. Like, Oh oh, gosh, what a game. What a game that is signal us play it. It's on game pass too. Yeah. It's on game pass. It's like, I don't know. It it took me 20 hours, but I was writing guides for a lot of that. So between 10 and 15 is what I would say. It's it's, and it also took like three minutes for it to download too it's like a 1.9 yeah, oh, so small game. so yeah. like literally zero regret for just tr- even trying to download this i'm sure you could cloud do it too it'd be fine oh i played it on my backbone for a lot of it when i first played it and um i mean it's not a particularly twitchy game you know so playing it on the cloud i thought was was a really good way to play but you'll be twitching with fear <laughs> it's true it, it is unnerving as hell so justin what's your number four My number four game of the year is one we've already talked about, and that would be Stray. Um, Like, to me, this was a game that if I were, uh, like, this is going to, again, it sounds like a backhanded compliment here. If I were younger, I would not have liked because it's it's short. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like, um, it's like a game that you get through and you wouldn't like go back to it. It's done out of a brain. But like the older I get and like this year specifically, the second half of this year has been really hard for me to like engage with video games. Sometimes like these shorter experiences that have a good, interesting story, well-realized characters, I think are great games. And I think this game is condensed enough that you can get a good playthrough and have a good story, but deep enough that you can really just explore the world, see everything you want to see in it. There's so much stuff in it. Um, you were talking about how like, yeah, they're just looking at the world and the environments, nothing, nothing with them. You don't get anything with them, but like you literally see how these robots live by just looking around the world. It is so mm-hmm smartly designed the world is interesting the i think story is interesting in of itself and it was one of those games that i like i don't i don't want to be like an anti-person but i'm like oh this game is gonna be stupid i hate it all these people then and they're stupid cats like in this game because they like cats i was like this is gonna be i hate it i hate cats i hate this game <laughs> and i played it and i was like i do like robots yeah this cat's kind of kind of not really it's a very blank character Oh, he's got a cool little backpack, buddy. Okay, I like he does, this game. He does. <laughs> um, and it was like it was uh, one one of the the games that I came in with the least amount of expectations for, um, mm-hmm. and I walked away being well above what I even thought it could be. Yeah. Um, and I think all the uh, love that this game got at the Game Awards is well deserved because I would be hard pressed to think of this as an indie game. This is a awesome game, a very high quality polished game. Um, highly recommend you play it. Um, it's literally the only thing, uh, the only reason I've really bought the PS Plus uh, uh, tier this year because um, it was free at the time. Was it only that and Rollerdrome were the two free games that they offered? Rollerdrome is on there for free. Okay, so maybe not. I mean, maybe it could be. I mean, I play. I essentially played that and Jack and Dexter on that this year, yeah. the original one. That's all I did on it. So did I get my money's worth of it? No. Two Platinums, though. Two player plats. Two player plats. But yeah, I think I think Stray's a great game, and it really came out of nowhere for for uh, me to expect uh, this being not only on my top ten list, but in my top five and at number four. It's one that I would. It's one of those games too. I'd recommend to pretty much anyone. Like yep. really, I'd recommend to anyone, unless they're looking for something like really technical and challenging, like. I'd say like yeah, Stray is a, a solid pick. Yeah, you, you you'd recommend they play a Excel spreadsheet then. <laughs> <laughs> Those Monster Hunter fans, yeah. Oh. <laughs> God, that game is so not fun. <laughs> Can I tell you about my number four? Let's hear it. The loathsome dung eater. The loathsome dung eater, indeed, Elden Ring guy. It's Elden Ring. Oh my God! Um, for, let me tell you, I for, for a second I thought that was uh, Final Fantasy Origins. Oh no! <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs> no, thank you. No, um, I thought that was going to be my least favorite game of the year, and it's not. Uh, <laughs> which is, I think, saying something about some of the other games that came out this year. Um, but no, uh, Elden Ring. What a delight! What a surprise! I. Um, as we've talked about on the show, like I've tried, I think all of the souls games before, uh, but I, I never really got into them uh, until Elden Ring. And then after playing Elden Ring, I was like, oh, okay, I sort of see what's going on here. And then I went back, I played Bloodborne, I played Demon Souls. Um, and I, I found a new appreciation for, from software. Um, but Elden Ring, I think it's hard to say what their best game is. I would say 
because they're all they all have like merit and stuff. But like this game is one that pretty much any time I think about it, I'm like, ah, I would I would love to go back and, and play that again uh, and, and try things entirely differently. Right. From from my build that I that I made. Um, it is it is a really, really solid video game um, that I think is imaginative. It is innovative. And um, I, I think it is one of those games that I hope pushes the open world genre forward in a significant way in the same way that breath of the wild has done before it. Um, yeah, I I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a good game. Um, I, I still, like you said, it's like innovative and can push things forward. I don't, mm. I don't see that still. Like, I mean, to, to this day, I think it's innovative for the souls games. And I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to have a more kind of linear version of that again. I think we'll get more of this rather Ooh, than a more know. condensed version. Um, yeah. because I think you get the best of both worlds in that still have this like big open world, but maybe have like more specific dungeons take like even like what you got with demon souls and having an open war, a bigger open world between those realms that you have, mm-hmm. that you still get your like kind of like streamlined experiences and stuff with that. But the open world aspect of things, I think just opens it up in a way that makes it so much more playable than the rest of the the souls games yeah um and it makes it uh so much easier to get lost in because you can go kind of anywhere and do anything um and my my I guess my stinging point has been all year is that i just don't see that as necessarily being innovative i think it's innovative for from software i don't necessarily know what makes it like genre or industry changing going forward I guess I guess that's to be seen. Right. But I would say that the idea of, um, you know, this like go anywhere thing has is been a big fad right in in the um, open world genre. But I think that there are two games that have done that well. And I think it's Breath of the Wild and this where go anywhere and Breath of the Wild worked because it was like because anywhere you go, there will be something to do that you can do that you're not going to like that you're properly leveled for. Cause the whole world levels up with you and everything like that. Um, and with this, it's like, go anywhere. You might find someplace that you can't go because it's going to be too difficult, but just keep that in your, the back of your mind and then come back, you know, or if you do go someplace, you're going to find something that you might use, you know, that you might take back to the place that you f- thought was too hard and use it to go just completely wet the floor with the bat that, you know, the baddies and whatever. Um, and I think that level of like go somewhere and find what's there is, I think, innovative. Um, and that idea of like going someplace and um, just looking around and going like, what's interesting here? And you go there and there is something there, you know, uh, as opposed to we talked about Horizon Forbidden West, uh, I think last week or maybe the week before about how like what a stunning looking game, right? Like like it, it's undisputable. I think that Horizon Forbidden West looks fucking fantastic but there's like nothing you know like you go somewhere that looks great but there's nothing in those areas and a lot of them right you know you go to cities and whatever they're packed with stuff but like you know you go to one small little like interesting looking mountain you climb to the top of it nothing there you find oh that's kind of an interesting looking lake i wonder if there's something at the bottom of it nope (laughs) you know uh whereas it's something like elden ring uh it's just packed full of like if there is something that looks interesting that means there is something there you know, sometimes it's something small. Sometimes it's just like, oh, a little treasure chest or whatever. Um, but sometimes it's bigger where you go like, oh, my gosh, there's this whole huge legacy dungeon here that um, 
I wouldn't have found is not part of the critical path. I just went here because it looked cool. And I think that's what's innovative about it. If that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I to me, this game like screams of like an MMO kind of world. Um, mm. when you kind of can go anywhere in an MMO, you can't kind of do yeah. whatever you want in that, but you're 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 limited by your um like your level you're limited by you know like what like who you're with and your party and everything mm-hmm. um and like you know isn't like like skyrim doesn't it that have a lot of like the same kind of like go anywhere kind of thing that you want to do and if you find something in this corner you get that kind of thing i don't know this is just me being i'm just being inherently negative about this not that i don't like the game or that this game wasn't like flirting with my top 10 list i just don't see this game as being innovative in general i see it as making a souls game i i I think it's defining for that genre Mm -hmm. of game um because it it mixes the two things that you want it's the challenge but also the freedom that you get in those games to do whatever you want and kind of go wherever you want but if I'm correct, you're still kind of gated through some of the access. Like, you can't get to the end of the game from the beginning of the game, can you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there are there are a handful of things you need to do. Um, like, you need to go to the Great Plateau. But to get up to the Great Plateau, you don't need the two Dectus medallions. There's, like, three different ways to get there, I think. Um, and then once you're there, you do need to go and bring Melania to that giant city and then in the city she'll be like oh uh we you have to beat one boss in there i think and then once you beat that one boss you have to go to the mountains it it does i will say for as open-ended and huge as it is in its first i don't know 70 percent the last 30 percent is is very like you gotta go through these these levels because i think that's one of the things about like breath of the wild you literally fight ganon right now like once yeah. you get off the plateau, like there's still yeah. that like tutorial area, but like you literally can tackle that game how you want to, which I still don't know how many games have a sandbox quite like that. Um, but again, I, I know I sound negative about this. I don't want to say I, I like I, I'm not hating on, on on this game. To me, it is like a probably the closest any of these games would ever get to my top 10. Um, and I think it oh, was sorry. Go on. No, no, I, I just uh, it's a good game. Don't I think, think it's that not- the difference is you you just said something i think that's really important breath of the wild is a sandbox elden ring is an open world game and i think that's really important to know the difference between those two things right as a sandbox breath of the wild does let you do anything you want whenever you want go to the end it doesn't care you want to you know use the physics of the game to fly up by using by burning a chili pepper or whatever and using the draft to fly up to the top of the hot tower whatever do it how you want that's how it works Games are stupid. Do that. <laughs> right but, but like that, that's because it's a sandbox right it gives you the tools to interact with the world in that way elden ring isn't a sandbox it's an open world game and because of that you can't do everything like you can in breath of the wild and i think a lot of people talked about like oh breath of the wild is so innovative because of its sandbox tools and yeah that's true but that's not what makes it innovative as an open world game you know what i mean that makes it innovative as a physics you know (laughs) physics engine i suppose um but as an open world game i don't think that that um is what makes it innovative. I think it's for a lot of the ideas we've talked about with Elden Ring and, and, and everything like that as well. But um, I'm a big fan. 
every time I, th- I hear about it, I want to go back and, and replay it. I've been watching a lot of Iron Pineapple videos. He's a YouTuber who does interesting Elden Ring stuff. Um, and I've been itching to get back into it. But who's got the time? I don't know who has the time. Boy, I'm not sure who has the time for it. Which brings me Boy. to my number three game. Horizon Forbidden West. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about why I chose uh, Horizon as my uh, number three game over my number two game um, in a bit. But this is a a Justin game for me Um, for through and through. It's what it's what I like. The combat's fun. Um, The combat is challenging enough um, that I, I think it can be hard, but I feel like you can like customize yourself and you can build yourself in a way that you can either spend a lot of time micromanaging your stuff or just mm-hmm. find the right powerful weapon and like just like power through stuff. Um, I think the story is uh, really interesting. Um, I feel uh, at points it's a little uneven with the story, but I think the world building that they do and how they extend from the first game and what they do and what, who the bad guys are, what they're running from and how they kind of set up that third game in the series, I think is a very interesting, very, very interesting um, kind of like a future of the top percent, (laughs) you know, like where are they going? Uh, I think it's an interesting commentary about like what would be like the next step for humanity. If the world was about to, to, to end, what would we mm-hmm. do? How would we deal with that? Um, I think uh, I'm a big fan of Aloy as a character. I think I think her um, <laughs> I think her um, in this game, her being that kind of like stubborn. I have to solve this problem and slowly relying on other people. You're literally the game is assembling a team of people, yeah. um, and you assemble that team and you finally have a team moment near the end of the game uh, that I think is uh, really interesting for her character development um, at that. I I am interested to see how that's going to impact the, the next game in the series. If they do have that, if they are going to have really like developed companions, which I think would have made this game really interesting um, Mm -hmm. if they would have done that. But like, I'm not going to knock this game for not having that. I'm going to praise this game for maybe having a potential for what the next game could be with it. Sure. Sure. Um, And this is the kind of open world that I like it's guided. Um, It's a kind of open world that uh, like you, you have something to do. Like there is an icon wherever you want to go. I think there's a lot of varied types of uh, things that you can do in the world. Um, I think exploring the world gets a lot of fun, specifically near the end of the game when you unlock the new traversal methods. Uh, I think this game does everything the first game did better from combat to story to just the world itself. Um, I, I huge fan of this game. Uh, and um, I, I think, again, Horizon uh, needs to look at themselves in the mirror and decide when they're going to release, and they should probably not do it yeah. uh, next to two of the probably biggest games in the past, uh, you know, <laughs> since <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would probably help them significantly, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this game is great, uh, and I think uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to where the series goes from the rumored multiplayer. What is that going to look like mm-hmm. uh, to the actual story sequel? What, what is that going to be? Um, and I am really interested in seeing what this uh, – what is it Netflix, Amazon? Netflix, Netflix has theirs, yeah. What the series is going to look like. I really hope they do not just simply – retell the story i hope they tell more stories adjacent to this story 
Um, even if it's not just like was Elizabeth was like when when back in the day, I'd rather just find out like what the world was like near the end or when people yeah. first emerged from their cauldrons or whatever, like how they started to develop and change and, and how they interacted with the world. So I think there's a lot of cool things that can be done with with this world. And I think the world itself is one of the most interesting lore worlds um in, in first party games uh, mm-hmm. for Sony. And I'm always interested to find out like more about both the after times and before times in this world. Sure. Sure. I'm glad that you like it. No, I like, I'm not trying to be smarmy or anything like that. Like, like it is one of those things where I think it's just not for me. You know what I mean? Because yep. people, the people who like it seem to really, really love it. Um, it just is kind of white noise for me. Um, but I think there's like plenty to love for it, for me personally. Like I think the art design and visual design is really excellent. Um, I, I, I do like the idea of fighting giant robotic dinosaurs. Like, and I think those are like the more memorable moments in the game, you know, um, we talked about this, I think last week as well. Um, fighting the, uh, the elephant, like there's like a story section where you, you about halfway through where you like have to fight the elephant, you know, which I thought was very cool. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm glad you like this game so much because, I mean, yeah, this is like the the type of open world game that I like. And I think it's like a well polished one of those open world games. Sure, like I'm, sure. I'm, I'm the kind of person who was like so so into the Assassin's Creed games and, and platinum those until I got to Valhalla. I'm like, fuck you. How much time do you want me to play this game? <laughs> yeah. for? Um, and like, I feel like it's just a good updated version of those doesn't do yeah. anything to like change the world doesn't do anything to whatever but in 2022 this is the kind of game that is the best type of this game in 2022 yeah what uh do you like this better than the first one um yes i think i think the story is more condensed in the first one and i really enjoyed unraveling that mystery Um, but I think this one in terms of the changes they do with combat, the changes they do, uh, with your, uh, combat style, like your combat from melee to whatever I think is a lot better in this game than it was in the original one. Um, and I think it just expands on everything and it makes it everything the first game had, but better, which I can't say about every game that's going to be on my list that has a sequel. That's fair. But, but, oh, I see what you're saying there. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Interesting. Um, yeah, there you go. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, I, did you uh, like the first one better or the second one? Second one for the same reason. I think, um, it's funny. You wonder about like, what is the cutoff point for when a game starts to feel old? And for me, Horizon Forbidden or Horizon Zero Dawn came out in 2017. It feels old, man. Like, like playing it for, I played it, I don't know, four or five hours when I first got into PlayStation. Um, and, and like, but going to it earlier this year, like it feels pretty old. Um, I, I think it's just one of those things where like open worlds have changed so much. I mean, since breath of the wilds or since like literally the day before that game came out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just think that the, the, the new game, like you said, innovates on, 
pretty much every single thing. I think it, makes it's it unfortunate that it felt old when it came out because of Breath of the Wild too. Like I think that's oh, part yeah. of it. But there's there's a lot of like in the original one, like you can only jump on these things. You can't really climb on anything. Yeah, and they yeah. have the same restrictions in this game to a point, but it is op- more open that I don't feel like it's as restrictive as the other game was with sure. how you traverse stuff. So it does feel more openy. Um, that doesn't mean it's like the most modern game ever. I think it is in terms of these types of games. It is the pinnacle of what these types of games are. Sure. And I mean, sure. like the Ubisoft open world, unlock the map kind of world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's I think there's an argument for that. I think you'd be not alone in making it. My number three, Justin. Any Anybody need a snack? Kratos? Snack? I do not need a snack. God of War Ragnarok, baby. Uh, this is a very good game. <laughs> we talked a lot about it on our spoiler cast. We talked about a lot about it over the past few weeks. Uh, I I love this game. It, it I we we talked a lot about God of War Ragnarok versus God of War twenty eighteen, uh, and I, I know we kind of came away at different different places. You prefer the first one. I prefer the second one. I think this game is all payoff. And I, I like that because I thought that the first game, while it does stand alone on its own, sets up so much stuff that this game is like the answer to. And this game just pays it all off. And I think exceptionally well. I think we talked about there's one thing that I think could have been done better. And that's that rela- mending that relationship with Freya, uh, because it just sort of happens over the course of this <laughs> long, drawn out quest. Right. Yeah. Uh, exploring a a, a is that not, uh, Vanaheim? Doesn't matter. But other than that, I think everything in there, the answers, all those questions, it gives you everything you want and more. Uh, and I think the extended cast that you end up meeting is just so fantastic and so um, well-realized, well-acted, well-performed. Like the whole, all of it, all of it is just fantastic. And um, I, I really can't speak highly enough about this game. That said, like if, if someone were to say like, hey, I want to play this game so i need to play the first one i would say yeah because there are so many moments that i think are aided by the context of that first game does it make sense yeah oh you need to like it, it's it this goes into the 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 realm of part one and part two agree like it, it, you need to play the first one for this game to hit in the way that it can hit yeah agreed uh because it, it's one of those things right like at the very beginning, we're going hunting for what? For deer. Which which way? In the direction of deer. Kratos says that to Atreus. And then after some big stuff happens <laughs> uh, and they return home and Atreus is like, I want to go hunting. And Kratos is like, for what? And he's like, for deer. And then Kratos asks him, like, which way are we going? And he's like, in the direction of deer. It's just like, what a small moment means nothing right like like in the grand scheme of things but it's just like this beautiful little character moment that's just a throwaway line of dialogue it feels like in the first game you know what i mean um yeah Yeah. and i think that like hits so well with what you're talking about with payoff too because like a line of maybe a potential throwaway line in the first game is realized payoff <laughs> later yeah. on with how their relationship has developed. And like it, the whole game is like that everywhere yes. you look, there is something that was set at one point, whether in that, in this game or in the previous game that they come back to in full circle with it. And it doesn't feel like it's pandering. It feels like it's earned. Agreed. Yeah. When they yeah do it's that. all earned. Yes. Um, and like, I mean, fuck, they've made Kratos 
go from being a, a good character to probably one of the best characters in gaming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in that first game, he's he's interesting, but to me, he feels a little one note, and he starts to open up towards the end of that game. And in this game, you take that guy who opened up a little bit, and it just shows. I don't know, like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like it just shows you what happens when you show your true self to someone. And to me, as stressful as the events of this game are, Kratos seems like a a healthier, better person in it because he's able to open up and, and he's not one to talk about his feelings excessively, right? But he he will talk about them in this game as opposed to that first one where he's like, shut it off, don't care, not interested, right? In this game, he like, when he does have that conversation with Freya, they kill um, Needhog, and then they have that moment where he's like, so do you want to kill me now? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, just want to let you know, like, you can kill me if you want to, but understand, like, it's not going to change anything. Like, you won't feel better. It's not going to change anything. I guess he played Last of Us Part Two, And, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, like, like, he's willing to talk about those emotions. Or that scene in... Um, Helheim with Kratos after they take care of um, the the big wolf they have that scene where they they sit down and they talk and they make that promise about like you gotta remember how to behave when I'm not around but you know cyclically both of them you know gosh I just there are so many moments in that game that um it, 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 I, the whole little mantra of be better I think is what the whole game is about and it is, I don't know, as cheesy as it sounds, how I try to live my life, you know, and Kratos is a guy who's made a lot of mistakes and we've all made lots of mistakes. But at the end of the day, Kratos learns from his wife in that flashback of like, it's not about who you were. It's about who you're going to be today and how you're going to move forward and be better based on the mistakes you made in the past. And I yeah, find and that to be very profound. And just like even bouncing off that, there are so many moments in the game where like you get so much about Kratos personality with out him saying what his personality is. Agreed. Like it's, it's never like, well, I have to be, you know, like he, he's never like, it's never hard to find out what he's thinking and why he's thinking it. Mm -hmm. And they never necessarily tell you what he's thinking and why he's thinking it. Yeah. They might have a character say something like Mamir being like, well, it's cause he's doing this or like try to explain his actions. And then Kratos just kind of hmm, like, you yeah. know, shoves him off. But like, it's obvious that's what he's doing. Um, there, there's that scene in Svartalheim, uh, when you're trying to, uh, fix all of Amir's issues that he did with the dwarves from mm -hmm. the mining rigs to that, that big old fish thing in the middle oh, yeah. uh, wow, of the reservoir and Kratos is so pissed at Mimir for what he did yes. for enslaving this creature, but he doesn't yell at Mimir. He doesn't say he's pissed. He will speak in these like short responses that are just kind of like well and short and, like, for kratos yeah and like he'll and and i think that to, from amir that's probably like worse than him yelling at him because he's like yeah i know i know trust me i've thought of this stuff before and kratos is like mm -hmm. but he doesn't like hold it over him he's just like this is wrong you did it wrong but like it reveals so much about him as a character and and they do it in such an expert way and there's so many little of those moments throughout the whole game that, you know, as you're, you know, running through and trying to get the platinum for the game, it, you can't just like put on AirPods and like listen nope. to something else. You got to like nope. stay engaged with it because there's always something to do um, or learn about the characters, about the lore, about the world. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't start doing this till near the end of the game. But like whenever you get like those lore 
or artifacts that have like a description about them mm, or a new mm-hmm. thing. You guys, you should probably read them. There's a, there's a lot, lot of, of shit. Info in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't just skip over it, but like, there's a lot of good stuff in there to find more about the world and stuff. So, um, yeah, this is my uh, number two game, uh, God of War Ragnarok. And um, I have been down on it a lot because I wanted it to be, speaking of being better, I wanted it to be better than the original. Um, and I, I don't know if it is for me still to this point. Sure. Um, and like, that does not mean it's not a good game. It means it didn't take me by surprise like 2018 yeah. did. I was expecting it to be what it was. I was mm-hmm. expecting to have a good relationship between Atreus and Kratos. I was expecting there to be interesting story moments, emotional story beats, epic yeah. story beats. Um, and that doesn't mean it's bad because you're expecting it, right? right? It means it doesn't stand on its own the way I think the first one did as being revolutionary. Sure. This, this goes to, I think, the same thing I said about Horizon. This does almost everything from the first game better and bigger um, and really adds and like changes a lot to um, what that first game did. But I think to me uh, and the reason I I was, I was fighting and this seems silly. I was fighting between horizon and God of war for between three and two. And I think the thing that ended up making God of War my number two and Horizon Forbidden West as a number three is I think Horizon left a better taste in my mouth by the end of the game. I think I had more fun getting the platinum for Horizon Forbidden West uh, because I didn't have to do everything. I could yeah. I, I could choose when to stop playing that game. God of War, you got to do everything <laughs> in order to get that platinum. You yes. can't choose to stop it. Like You got to keep going through it. And there is so much of it, and it is all so designed. I feel like I'm being a little, like, complaining little boy here by complaining that there is so much going on in this game, and there is so much stuff in this game, and it is overly, like, well thought out and everything. But at a certain point when I'm done with a game, sometimes I just like to go through the world in a broken state when I just destroy everything, go wherever I want, do whatever I want and like check those boxes off. Mm -hmm. This one, it feels like it's way more than just checking boxes off. I'm doing full missions, doing full other things. And uh, again, it's like, I'm looking at something that has been well-crafted and I'm looking at it as a bad thing because I'd rather just have this open world where I'm zooming around doing stuff. Um, But I mean, this game is legitimately 50 hours of content in it yeah <laughs> like and this is in filler content for the most part it is like 50 unique hours of content with unique story unique dialogue unique everything that's a huge yeah. game um that like the amount of dialogue in this game the amount of everything the amount of attention to detail and story beats and connecting everything the fact that they had to record multiple quest dialogue twice for two different characters like all of the the little stuff that they do in this game i think is just kind of outstanding and like you don't get many games like this this is like a high quality to the high qualityest of games uh, with everything in it. Um, so yeah, I can complain about things about it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good game. Like there are definitely things about this game that are fantastic and amazing. The story is great. The payoff to Ragnarok is great. The payoff with Atreus and Kratos is great. The, the turning expectations on its head. Uh, and and the story is not as simple as just being like, oh, Kratos is going to die in the end because that's what was hinted at in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they hinted at all this stuff, but they they do such unique 
twists on the lore that we know from Marvel on the lore that we know from ancient mythology and the lore that we know from playing God of War 2018. And they do such interesting things with it that you never really know where the story is going. And, um, and it, it, to me, the idea of like subverting expectations, I hate, I hate when a story is like, well, we're going to subvert your expectations. So be ready for it. And then it's like, uh, to me, I, there, I feel like a lot of things that try to subvert your expectations are constantly like looking back at you, like what you like, w- yeah. what'd you think about that? How crazy was that? It didn't happen how you thought it would, right? You know, um, and for me, like I just find that to be just so like cheap, you know. Whereas this, when expectations are subverted, it feels very meaningful and purposeful, and it, and it just plays with your expectations and saying like, yeah, I guess that wasn't how you thought it would go huh like you thought that might be different but not in a way that feels like like stupid and and like i said cheap and and part of that goes to with one of the themes of this is about like breaking fate like why do you do things do you do things because you're supposed to or do you do things because that's what you want to do and i think that's one of the things that when kratos um is like trying to like teach this lesson to atreus it's just kind of like it don't 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 care about fate what is the right thing to do right and when doing that then kratos understands that there are other ways to do things and there's not always like his way is not always the right way. Trusting Atreus, trusting the people yeah. around you. Um, and I think all that comes ahead of that Ragnarok moment right before the final fight. And and one of my favorite parts of this whole fucking game is the, the, it, it I mean, there's so many like epic moments, but that moment right before um, you have the fight with Thor and uh, Kratos at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, you basically have it like, take care of them. I got this. And he like basically ru- starts running at Thor who just picks him up and like throws him like that's just yes. like an epic way to start the fight. Like, oh, my God, it's so good. It is so good. But um, that, even that scene after it, though, too. Gosh, how, and, and how of- that scene at that fight ends, that moment ends like talk about subverting expectations in a way that's not like. It's obvious, but like it's not the obvious way to end that. But also with all of that, too, like you so much is revealed about Thor, right? About like it, it he seems like he, he wants to kill Kratos, I guess. But at the end, when Kratos is like, I'm not going to do it. And Kratos is, and Thor is like, don't you get it? Like, we're destroyers. Like, this is our job. This is what we're supposed to do this right now. And Kratos is like, no, not any, no longer yep. or whatever. And what like Thor is saying, like. This is our job. This is what we're supposed to do. Like, I think reveals a lot about like how he views himself and, and all this sort of stuff, which we've sort of seen over the whole game. Right. Um, and he, he then like falls up like, don't you know what I've done? And Chris is like, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, it implies like, yeah, you're me. Like I'm you. Like, of course I know, but we have to be better for our kids. Gosh, what a good game. Um, something else about it too, if I may. Uh, that crater too is so cool. The that optional area, completely optional that you don't have to go to, that you discover and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I think is hopefully a step in the right direction for I think big AAA games letting you miss stuff. I think a lot of games, you know, you spend so much time working on something, you want you need to make sure that players play it right. Like that, you need to put it in the trailer and make sure that players see it and experience it. But how special it felt to get to be able to get that moment of like being in that crater and like feel like you're discovering something huge totally missable totally optional you know what i mean um and, and like that's like a similar thing with like elden ring there's so much in there that totally optional totally missable but when you find it you feel smart and you feel like oh wow 
I found this secret. You know what I mean? And, and like, on top of that, it's not filler, right? We were talking about like the side content, like it's all story. <laughs> it's all interesting additional story, but I do have to know. say, as someone who's trying to get this platinum, running yeah, into this it crater optional isn't area, really yes. a fun thing to get uh, yeah. going to you. Uh, and like, again, literally the reason, the, one of the the main reasons that I was flirting between Horizon and God of War when I don't think these games are close is because the lasting memory of God of War has <laughs> no. not been a fun one because of this platinum. Like, it's just too much, in a way that. Yeah, it's just too much. Sure. Um, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And like, it's not again, it's my own. I'm doing this. I don't have to do it for anyone but me. Uh, But like, it's just at a certain point. When you have to 100 percent a game, I always think that's like a little bit annoying. And when I cannot just passively play this game while something else is happening in my life, it is just Mm -hmm. a little bit obtrusive um, to my daily life. Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Hey, let me tell this you, that, is that one of those fucking, games that is like you need one hundred percent. That fucking Valkyrie Queen. Um, oh, I it's a tough fight. I hear that's not even the hardest fight of the game. Uh, it's pretty hard. hard. Is are, aren't like some of those fucking um, the Berserkers? Yeah, isn't there a couple of those that are pretty pretty hard? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I find with like combat challenges like that, I've have no problem being like, all right, I gave it a good shot. Time to turn on the story. And even then, like it's still a decent challenge. Um, but it's, it's like their move pools are, you know, limited. So even when you do it in story mode, you like, you get it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, that was a hard fight. If I had this on the regular difficulty or whatever, like it would have just had to do that longer. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a bad baby gamer. It took me about an hour to beat the Valkyrie queen on. Give me story. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's a tough fight, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, might, you, I you maybe should have burgers. upgraded my stuff, but I got to that point when I'm like, I'm this close. I gotta, I gotta finish it. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Uh, my number two, Justin. Justin. <laughs> my number two. Hear that, Noah? Lance wants something a bit meatier. It is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, this game took me by surprise. I played this out of obligation because I was like, well, we'll talk about it on our podcast. And then, damn... Damn, I mean, we've talked about this game a lot over the past year um, and how good it is. So I don't know exactly like how much more there is to say about it. But um, from toe to tip, I think this is a fantastic game in terms of its story and its characters. Uh, I think its combat mechanics are deep uh, and flashy without being shallow. I think the only thing I wish you could do is skip the animations in those big, long ass um, uh, Ouroboros chain attacks. But uh, other than that, like... I love this game and I didn't think I would. I thought I would play a little bit of it and go, yeah, I get it. But at the end of the day, Xenoblade Lake Chronicles three, uh, I think back on its story and its moments and its characters. And I'll be honest, I tear up sometimes. I do. I do think about that prison scene, thinking about the very ending, you know, and, and everything that happens with that. Um, gosh, what a, what a special, special game that I just wasn't expecting at all. Uh, I I was expecting to like this game. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. And I know that mm-hmm. seems like, well, you like the first one, but like, I mean, front as you said, from toe to tip, um, <laughs> like it, like the the story was so good. And I felt like Xenoblade Two, the story at a certain point gets to be like batshit stupid. And like, sure. there's some stupid stuff in this one too. But like, it's simple enough, but it's complex enough. 
it plays off the other games in a very interesting way. It really, it's a long game. It's an intentional game, but it develops the characters so well. It really spends the amount of time you want building this relationship between characters, um, building out every character in your party. I mean, I still have those loyalty missions or whatever I have to do for some of these characters to get even more story with them because, I mean, I think I stopped playing at, what, 80-plus hours or something like that because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a life, I guess. Um, But, like, yo, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is... Uh, it makes me proud to say that Xenoblade is one of my favorite games <laughs> um, <laughs> without it feeling like it is like, oh, you just like it because Pyra and Mithra thirst traps or whatever they call her or whatever. Like the 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 game itself is, I think, a a good uh, game, not even just a good JRPG. It's a good game, a good story, yeah. well paced, mm-hmm. well acted, well scored, well everything. Oh, yeah, it. gosh, that music. Um, it is like, it, it's just such a fantastic game. Um, and I think some of the issues with it might have to go a little bit with it being just an RPG game. Like, Oh, here's another open world part. We have to do stuff, but I do like the pacing of it. And like when I'm thinking, going back at it, like a lot of the, the ending stuff I have to do, it's, it's fun. Like I like mm-hmm. doing that stuff. I like just going in the open world and finding these big monsters and trying to upgrade them. I love like, you know, maxing out my battle system to be as strong as possible. I love how there's so much other stuff I can do um, with the game that I think this game would probably ruin for me if there was a platinum trophy associated with it, <laughs> sure. because I can't imagine it being a fun platinum. Um, but like, you know, I, I had moments when I was just in that big open water area where I'm just like, I want to map out this whole place and I want to fill in every every spot in it. So I just like went and like just started mapping out the whole world, found some like random islands and stuff like that. There's just so much stuff in this game. And when you're thinking about like constantly juggling, what is it, eight characters, nine characters at a time? Uh, nah, yeah, seven, uh, a or, lot. Yeah, a but, lot. but trying to like juggle all those six. characters it's six is it seven so seven's the max oh right because then you get one yeah. of the but like heroes. juggling those characters and like actually developing all those characters and actually like making them interesting is like they do such a good job of that and even the characters you hate that are kind of like uh i don't know like like uni <laughs> Like mm-hmm. there are moments with Uni's character that are interesting and like you might not like every character, but every character is developed in their way. You know who they are. You know what their relationships are. And I, it's just it is a good job of it. Um, and uh, did you hate Uni? Sorry. Yeah. Did you didn't know you? Isn't she like kind of a trash bag? I like Uni. She's got some personality. Quirks. Yeah. She's like someone that if she tweeted, she'd get canceled. <laughs> that's true you know what i mean <laughs> she's probably she's probably yes <laughs> yes no that is um fair but like again like even though she has like some quirks about her she, like, i think she's in she's still an interesting and well-developed character and mm-hmm. like every time you unlocked a new hero character just finding out their stories each one of those unlocks was new and interesting um the the, the payoff of characters that you, you hear and you meet it's just so good such, such a good game I love it. Um, I, it's my number one game of the year, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I imagine. I mean, just what a what a banger. And Justin, this is why I listen to you. This is why I take your recommendations. I thought I was not going to like this at all, or if I would, that it would be just like a, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it, w- it was just truly a, a knockout title, but not my number one. 
Because Justin, my number one Let's game. Let's say it together. One, two, two, oh. two, three. Neon white. Neon white. Okay. Gosh, this game is so good. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit uh, coming to PlayStation, and uh, we, we talked about like what it's like to play on a controller versus play on um, a mouse and keyboard. And I think that in my experience, playing it on a mouse and keyboard is really the way to experience that game. I'm sure that it, it, it like it's fine enough on the controller, but that really fluid sense of motion and everything is is kind of unmatched with the mouse and keyboard. And I'm not even one who really a person who really likes PC games. Like I'd pretty much rather play just about anything on a console over uh, on the PC. But this is um, the, the pinpoint accuracy of a, of a mouse, I think, is really important for this game. But damn, it has got a lot going on. It might not have a better story than something like God of War Ragnarok or Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but the fluidity of its motion, um, the it, it's exhilarating. Your heart starts racing, you know what I mean, as you're trying to beat these scores and, and do these sorts of things. It's something that I just really, truly love. Um, its style is cool. The fact that all of its characters are so edgy and have eight belts each is awesome. Um, it's It's like got cringy anime stuff, but in a way that I think is like intentional and fun as opposed to like, I don't think it's trying to take itself too seriously is I guess what I mean. Um, damn neon white. I, I love your whole, your whole shit. Not just half of your shit. I love the whole shit. It's the whole shit for me. Um, so for me, I think the thing that stops this game from being in my top 10 list, uh, has to do with, <laughs> Um, when I, when I started like trying to do the second world, like through it and then realizing that, oh, for each of these, I have to like play the level 50 times and like find out like what the best path is <laughs> yeah. to do this. Oh, okay. That's the loop. <laughs> like, yeah. And then some of the, some of the, the, the world started to become a little bit bigger. Like there, you never get ones that are like super, super long, but like they just became there were more things that kept like throwing at me. And then it was like, it's almost like. A puzzle game, a puzzle time trial story visual game <laughs> that you kind of yeah, get. Yeah. Um, so like I think all those things together, like the puzzle enough would have been fine. But mm -hmm. then you put the timer on it. It just gave me a lot of just like, OK, <laughs> like yeah. kind of like vibes with it at times. But I don't think I've ever played a game like that before. Like I, I don't think so there's unique. ever anything in the world like that before i think it is a unique way about going a, a like a, a time trial speed run kind of game um i think the mechanics are interesting i think the world is interesting the characters are again a little bit like hey these are like some some anime tropes but like it doesn't like distract from anything and i think the story itself is interesting enough to keep going forward with it um and like it i i think uh for, for this game and what it is i appreciate it i just wish i liked it a little bit more and like mm -hmm. when when i get to that point i'm just kind of like oh, okay I can do this again <laughs> like that's when i kind of like yep. stopped uh like going with it but neon white your game of the year shut up siri <laughs> my game of the year there you go so there you go our uh our two lists my number 10, Vampire Survivors. Number nine, Sifu. Number eight, Stray. Number seven, The Quarry. Number six, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Number five, Signalis. Number four, Elden Ring. Number three, God of War Ragnarok. Number two, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And number one, Neon White. Justin? 
And my top list, 10 please. list was number 10 is Multiverse. Number 9, High on Life. Number 8, Return to Monkey Island. Number 7, Moss Book 2. Number 6, The Quarry. Number 5, Fire Emblem Warriors. Three Fates. Hopes. 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 Um, <laughs> Stray <laughs> is number four. Horizon Forbidden West is number three. God of War Ragnarok is number two. And Xenoblade Chronicles is numero uno. Justin, we had four overlapping. Called it. You did. It's like the overlapping ones were uh, The Quarry, Stray, God of War Ragnarok, and Xenoblade Chronicles three. Checks out. Th- there you go that is our 2022 lists thanks for hanging out with us for a longer one next week we're going to be making a definitive hitbox top 10 list um you will be able to enjoy that on wednesday i think um i don't think we said it but (laughs) thanks for a wonderful year of listening um also if you're interested hop on over to patreon.com slash hitbox pod uh become a podcast producer for one dollar or for three dollars like jay noel like dave parker become a three dollar deluxe podcast producer um we have not ironed out what we're doing specifically for our uh bonus show this week but if you subscribe you get bonus shows i think we're up to 25 at this point um, we got things like God of War spoiler cast. We we talk about the best Switch games. That's what we did last week. Uh, we talk about all sorts of great stuff on there. If you can't support us monetarily, no big deal. Give us a follow on Twitter at HitboxPod. Tweet at us about the show if you're interested, or join our Discord server. Link to that is in the description of this episode. Justin, am I forgetting anything? You're forgetting how awesome uh, you are. You're forgetting how no. awesome the the listeners are, and you're most importantly forgetting how awesome video games are i could never forget how awesome video games are that's a wrap for 2022 hitbox we'll catch you in the new year it'll be like a year since we talked. <laughs> hey thanks so much for listening always remember old games are old bye bye I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>